Yeah, my cat doesn't do much. She doesn't really play. She is either sitting in a box sleeping or laying on the couch sleeping. <laughs> and if you try to pet her now, she just bites. Aww. How's she doing with the with both dogs? They're uh, like Rocky's fine with her. Yeah. In but up. Ow! Fucking. <laughs> Speak of the devil. Bit hard. No, she always bites. It just usually she doesn't bite down. She just puts her mouth on you and you feel teeth. That time she actually bit. All right, so I guess uh, is everybody good with their lists? We don't have any last minute additions or edits. Mike, you think you're you're good finally? I guess. <laughs> I, I mean, I I guess like I yeah yeah <laughs> like this. It, <sighs> you missed Mike explaining how he had really only eight movies in his top ten, but there was like six A and six B. <laughs> no, I had eleven movies, but there was no ten. There was a six A and a six B, and a one A and a one B, and it was. But list Nazi over here says I can't. Do that. <laughs> I have very little control over these things to begin with, so I will enforce what I can. Welcome to another episode of Brian and Super Friends. I'm your host, Brian Labick. Joining me for this episode is Josh Zorch. Oh, these are my favorites. You guys are in for a treat. <laughs> Mike Bradley. I'm here. That's good. And saving the best for last, Paula Miller. Raylo is my halo. <laughs> You've got your intro down. I think that's I, do. I think that's your staple. I love it. Uh, all right, so we're into December. Uh, 2018 is coming to a close. Sadly, there's no Star Wars movie coming up in the next few weeks, which is sad for all of us. So, we're occupying ourselves with our top 10 most anticipated movies of 2019. The uh, the most anticipated lists and our favorite movies of the year lists, they're, they're always, I think, my favorites to get to. So, and I'm happy to have a fresh face for this episode, too. I think this is Paula's first episode where we've had, like, a top 10 list involved. Yes. Yeah, so, I, I posted one last year. Like what I was anticipating for this year, or no? Yeah, I think I was. Yeah, yeah I, I think yeah. After we posted it, did. yeah, you added yeah. to the comments. That's right. So now you're actually here for everyone else to see too, or here in real time. In yeah. real time. So this will be this will be fun. Um, so if any of you haven't listened to one of these episodes in the past that we've done, uh, I'll try to give you sort of the rundown here. Each of us has made a top ten list of movies that we're looking forward to next year. We have not compared lists before this, so I fully expect us to have duplicates. Uh, we'll see if they end up in the same spot as someone else and see how, how closely they resemble. We'll start with everyone's number 10 and go to 9, work our way up to 1. And then after we get through everyone's top 10, we'll end with a few honorable mentions that didn't make the cut. And I think that's pretty much it. Uh, we decided on the order before we recorded, so we're going to go Mike, Josh, Paula, and me. So, kicking it off with his number 10, Mike, what have you got? All right, at number 10, I have the return of something that we were told would never happen again in the movie from Rob Zombie, Three from Hell. 
We were told at one time that we would never see Sid Haig as Captain Spaulding again. He had his final appearance, supposedly in costume a while ago, but he's coming back to do it again. Um, it's going to be the continuation of the story from Devil's Rejects, or a prequel of some sort. He hasn't really released a synopsis yet, um, but he has released a cast, and the Fireflies and Captain Spaulding and the same people from the first two films will be back. Um, a lot of what Rob Zombie has done in the past, eh, you know, it's, some of it's good, there's good things and there's bad things, but The Devil's Rejects, I thought, was a fantastic movie. Um, I'm not sure if it's his most recent movie or next to most recent, but 31, uh, was, uh, you know, I don't want to say a horrible movie, but it was not very good. <laughs> With the exception of the uh, fantastic performance from Richard Brake, um, who I really want to see someday play the Joker. If, you know, he always plays a very creepy kind of character. It's just kind of his thing. Um, Brian, have you seen the movie Doom based on the video game, you know, The Rock and all that? Oh, I know of it, but I haven't seen it, no. Okay, I, well then I... I can give you a reference. He's Joe Chill in Batman Begins. Yes. Oh, okay, okay. Okay, so that is Richard Brake, and if you go back and you watch the monologues that he did in 31, and you watch just the parts with him, not the, like just look up his scenes and either cover your eyes or just cut it off when it goes away from him, so you don't have to deal with a Rob Zombie film, but just see him and see that role as him being like the Joker, it, it would be amazing, um, in my personal opinion. Uh, but... As far as I'm concerned, Rob Zombie's, like I said, he made a lot of films. Most of them I don't care for, but The Devil's Rejects I really do. Um, and I'm hoping that this is more in line with the quality we got in The Devil's Rejects versus the crap that we usually get. Um, but it is continuing that story, so it is here on my number 10. Yeah, I don't know if I can chime in too much on this one because <laughs> everything you referenced, I have no idea what it is. Well, I mean, I, I know of, I should say I know of it. I've yeah. never seen it, nor do I care to. So, uh, anybody else have anything to add? I I can try. I um, I may given given the lens that you put it through, I may have been able to enjoy the Devil's Rejects more had I not seen House of a Thousand Corpses first, and knowing that's where they came from. Like, if I was able to get, like, ten more minutes of those characters in some other way in Devil's Rejects that gave me enough backstory that I didn't ever have to see House of a Thousand Corpses in my life, I would have preferred that. Um, that's fair. I, I didn't see 31 or Lords of Salem, just because I haven't gotten around to them. Not that I don't want to, I'd give them a shot. I didn't mind his Halloween movies. Um... But I, I will say, yes, the one thing I think he always has going for him is he is able to put together surprising and very eclectic casts. Yeah, he he gets the best out of people. And, you know, I, I, I can't recommend watching 31. Other than for the moments where you get to see that role, um... Beyond that, 
it sucks. I mean, <laughs> there's actually a point where there is a Mexican Nazi midget killer chasing them. Oh. I think the <laughs> that word is the sign of Rob Zombie. I think the word picture I just formed in my mind is sufficient, and I don't actually have to see the film version. <laughs> right. But I'll recommend the same thing I said to Brian. Watch the performance Richard Brake put on. It was his performance was so good it couldn't save the shit that was the rest of it, but his performance was incredible. Alright, alright. Uh, Paul, anything to add for that one? Nothing. Not a thing. <laughs> no. Thank you. And scene. We'll have the Disney-fied list from Paula, and then we have everything else that Mike and Josh can come up to to really Rainbows go left Rainbows and butterflies field. in a few minutes. So. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, Josh, I guess you're up. Um. Yeah, well, this is actually one that uh, yeah, it always seems like right before, every year right before we do this episode, there's always some reveal uh for the upcoming year that like none of us knew anything about didn't see coming and it always intrigues me enough that like it it's always in the forefront of my mind so uh, since like i'm kind of quasi preoccupied with it it always ends up making like the list at number nine or ten um so this year that is going to be brightburn oh okay i was curious if that was going to make anybody's list uh, this is, uh, effectively what looks to be, what if Superman, without it being Superman, officially, what if, <laughs> what if Superman, as an alien baby, landed on Earth, but ended up being a completely, uh, like, possessed, horrible asshole? And yeah. it just, it, per- perhaps, to a, a supernatural and but just like evil um I, the general premise struck me i liked the visual uh that i was seeing the 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 colors and and the the way that the trailer made some of the scenes look uh it also helps me that uh elizabeth banks is in it i love She's like wonderful. everything she, yeah like i've never seen her if if even if there was something that I didn't particularly really like that she was in, it was never because of her. I always enjoyed all of her work. Um, and interestingly, this is uh, being... Um, I gotta see if it's being... Uh, I know it was written by... So, okay, it was written by Brian and Mark Gunn, who are the brothers of James Gunn. And, and Sean Gunn. And Sean Gunn, yes. Uh, Banksy and James Gunn worked together years ago. Uh, she starred in James's movie that he wrote and directed called Slither. Uh, it's a horror movie with, uh, Nathan Fillion, Michael Rooker, among others. Um, so there's the previous connection there. Um, and I liked the mood in the trailer. Uh, Brian, you saw it too. It, 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 yeah. it I will say, I think the last 30 seconds of it took it takes a turn it does it like like <laughs> to it to a distinct almost like oh this isn't going to just be what if he turned out to be bad it kind of looks like it's turning like to a horror movie aesthetic yeah i i had caught the trailer just on my youtube feed and 
was curious to just see what it was. So I started watching it and I got probably about to the part that Josh is talking about. And I was like, nope, this isn't for me, but I know who it's for. And then I forwarded it off to Josh so he could check it out. Uh, the concept of it, I think I'm with Josh. I think sounds interesting. I just don't know if I personally would end up checking it out. Mike or Paula, have you guys seen the trailer for this? Do you know what we're talking about? Um, just now I looked it up. It looks absolutely frightening, so I will stay in the <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I probably will not even be putting this anywhere near my list. It'll probably be down the corner around the street from my list. Fair enough. The, yes. the lovely Elizabeth Banks, as you just complimented a minute ago, wouldn't be enough yes. to get you no, there? No, she's actually, <laughs> she's in my list, but in a different movie. Mm. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Mike, if you haven't seen the trailer, I'd say check it out. It might be more, more up your alley. Yeah, Mike, you'll, yeah, I, I, was I think you'll definitely dig to it. this beforehand, so. And they, they promote James Gunn on that twice. They say, yes, he's produced by James Gunn, and then immediately after that, the next title card says, from the visionary director of Guardians of the, of the Galaxy. Galaxy. Yeah. He's not even directing. It he does not write... list the director. Yeah. Like, Genetics. I don't... He's tied to yeah. it genetically. <laughs> It's funny how, like, Disney does not want him associated with any of their crap anymore, but every other studio is like, here's James Gunn, here's James Gunn, here's what he did, this look at all this awesome shit. Yeah. So, I find that kind of funny. And he delivered Disney two massively successful movies, commercially yeah. and critically, and so from everyone else still recognizes that. Yeah, it was from characters that were not a sure thing. Yeah. This wasn't Spider-Man that James Gunn did that with. This was the Guardians of the Galaxy, where people were like, who? Who? <laughs> and then they saw Guardians of the Galaxy, and now they're in love with it. So if so. you're yeah, if you're somebody else, if you're Fox Searchlight, if you're Warner Brothers, if you're Amblin, it doesn't matter who you are, if you can mention James Gunn, and even if you don't know who James Gunn is, yeah, if you say, you know, creative force behind, or director of, writer this, whatever it is, you put Guardians of the Galaxy up there, a lot of people know that. Just, I'm just thinking about mm -hmm. this now. Do you think it's telling that they didn't put, from the from James Gunn, the visionary director of Guardians of the Galaxy, they put James Gunn name first, and then put visionary director of Guardians of the Galaxy. So if you don't know he directed Guardians of the Galaxy, they if you're, if you're just a normal person watching the trailer, you're thinking, oh, okay, the director of this directed Guardians of the Galaxy. You don't realize that James Gunn did that. Uh... Potentially, because but I think in the trailer it does say that like Brightburn is being produced by, right? It's like, yeah. like produced by James Gunn, visionary director of. But but I guess okay, I guess I see what you're saying that if if because there's a split in the title cards, you might just think it's saying oh produced by James Gunn, and separately this right. is directed by whoever it was right. that directed Guardians of the Galaxy as well. I Correct. see that. Yeah, maybe. I don't know, just the, the thoughts that come into my head about the way people market stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, anything else to, to add for this one? I don't know if, uh, Paul and Mike, since you guys haven't seen the trailer or anything, if you have anything else to add. I'm going to watch the trailer. Okay. Sounds absolutely frightening. It, uh, <laughs> it is, uh, as of now, it is set for, uh, I believe, Memorial Day weekend. Uh, yes. As is a couple of other things that I'm sure... Paula will probably so it'll be it'll definitely it. be counter programming to a lot of stuff that's coming out that weekend. So it might actually do pretty well that weekend, just to be the exact opposite of stuff that's coming out that weekend. Very well, could be. 
And the fact that, you know, it's interesting. I think the fact that for a while now, not like there's been a shift, like almost for like 10 years that Memorial Day weekend itself, like that Friday is not really the launch of summer movie season anymore. It's not like Mm -hmm. a, a big, massive marquee action blockbuster of any kind is like, that's the weekend they pick. Um, I mean, ever since like Iron Man effectively, it's been like beginning of May has been like a sweet spot for Marvel movies and and for some other things. But that specific weekend like isn't really used in the way it used to be. No, it's not. Which is, I think, you know, we've had this conversation before. I think it's better. I'd rather see them spread movies out over the course of the year instead of jam-pack them all in four weekends over the course of the summer. Yeah, and then you end up missing five movies that you wanted to see and only catching a few. So I'm I'm completely happy if they want to start all these freaking movies out in February. I'm cool with that. Give it to me. Um, all right, so let's move on to Paula. Paula, what's your number 10? Um, so my number 10 is going to be Spider-Man 2 Far From Home. All right. Um, coming out in July. So I had never been a huge Spider-Man fan in the past. And Blasphemy. I yeah, never saw <laughs> any Spider-Man movies until Marvel... The Disney Marvel Studios took them over. Oh, wait, time out of oh, second. Wow, yeah. really? So you have or haven't seen the I've original Tobey Maguire ones? Never. No. Okay. No. Um, I've only seen the recent ones. Okay. Um, so no Andrew Garfield, no Tobey Maguire. Nope. No. Interesting. Interesting. Blissfully unaware of, of the Spider-Man. See, that's something I would I would think would be fun to watch, just knowing where we're at now and yeah. then seeing what came before. I'm watch- um, I'm actually watching the Tobey Maguire ones with my nephew right now since we got caught up on the MCU. Yeah. And so that's what we moved on next was going back in time and he, he wanted to do Spider-Man and we've watched the first two Tobys. And the first, just to your comment, the first one is really starting not to hold up as well anymore. <laughs> it's really, st- it, it really does have that late 90s, early 2000s action-y comic book movie look yeah about it like so many of them had never mm-hmm. been a big fan of toby Maguire. maybe that's why Could be. um yeah. yeah and then it was with the andrew garfield never really on my radar and then um you know with mcu i'm like i have to see the spider-man which was amazing it was a fantastic mm-hmm. movie um yes. And I love Michael Keaton, so that made it really easy. That helps. Um, so from what I understand, I couldn't find too much of a synopsis as to what is happening. Um, but I guess, you know, he feels better. <laughs> <laughs> could be a prequel. Could be yeah, a prequel. There, there's there's speculation it that it could be before. before the events of Infinity War. Yeah, he, yeah, so hopefully he'll be okay. Who knows? Um, but it looks like that there's a chance that Michael Keaton might be back. Um, Jake Gyllenhaal would be Mysterio, um, and Zendaya's back. And I just love, I freaking love Zendaya. So Mm. she's so saucy. Um, so yes, (laughs) this is my number 10. I'm very excited about it. I think maybe it would have been higher up on my list if I knew more about it, but there really wasn't much for me to research yet. So it is, um, in fact, my number 10. I I think if not for the major spoilers that would be in a synopsis, potentially, you might have more information out there about it, but because of the Avengers coming out before it, I don't think you're going to get much information about it until after. I'm still like really curious film. to see how they market this movie. 
Yeah, because they got to try to do something long. in advance. Because if they're going to start putting trailers out before Avengers Endgame, they have to. They're going to either have to establish the time period. Either they just don't talk about the events of what happens in Infinity War and Avengers Four and just try to ignore it until you see the movie, or they definitely make it a point to say this is before Infinity War and the events of that movie, so that people know that this is a prequel. Right. Right. Because if you've seen Infinity War, the moment you see Peter Parker on screen, right, you're like, everything's oh, better. Well, what does that about? And am I like, if I don't know a whole lot, am I getting like, are they are they are they treating me like I'm stupid? Right. Yeah. It's uh, that's that's going to be difficult. Uh, honestly, you want my my perfectly honest opinion about how you market this movie? Yes, absolutely. Nothing would make me. Avengers happier. four <laughs> happens, and then you say, "Hey, we're putting a Spider Man movie in theaters," and you just make that known, and you'll make a billion dollars. I'm just I'm just saying, coming off of Avengers four, and it being Spider Man, it's not going to need as much marketing as if it was a lesser character. You know, almost the smartest thing, the smartest thing they could do, sort of piggybacking off Mike is. Instead of having like some sort of end credit scene at the end of Avengers Four to trailer. push you into the next phase, just put the trailer for Far From Home there. Yeah, That's beautiful. It's poetry, and I you ensure that. so many people see it. Yeah, <laughs> like I can't even give you a total number, but an insane amount of people are going to see. We have so many good bad. marketing strategies. I don't know why no one hires us. I feel like we do this all the time. We're just giving them free ideas. They can't find. We gotta. We gotta paid. get our. Yeah, we got to get our podcast in into their uh, ear holes zone. Ear <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah, it's a good choice, Paul. I think I think it's safe to say it's probably going to hit a couple other people's lists. Mm-hmm. As a sidebar conversation, as it relates to trying to publicize upcoming things, um, it is, I think, very interesting that we, and I'm kind, I'm glad. But it's interesting that Marvel got smart enough to realize that they don't need to tell us anything that's coming after Endgame until Endgame is over. Yeah. Like, I was worried that a year ago, two years ago again, that they would be like, here's what's coming for the next five years. And I've... brought that up before and i'm I'm glad they've held back i mean number one because they don't they, they realize it would be much smarter knowing the progression of the story they were about to tell yeah to wait to do that but if spider-man comes out at the beginning of july of 2019 uh-huh. i believe yeah what two to three weeks later is comic-con san uh-huh. diego so i'm sure that that's probably where the big announcement about what the next slate will look like but well, sort of like what you're saying, I kind of hope they don't do that. Like, this would be the first phase where we don't know what's happening the entire phase. If they announced them one movie True. at a time, I think that'd be a lot more fun. Or, or one year at a time. Like, announce... Yeah, you know, that'd like, be fine, too. Yeah. yeah. Like, this is what's coming this year. Well, they usually do that at the Disney one, the one that happens every two years. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, is it, the year f- is it the year for that, or is it an off year? I can't I remember. I think this is an off year. 2019, okay. is I think, is an off year. But um, I think I don't think it would be super lucrative if they, you know, did away with Spider-Man. He's so young, and they probably got like two or three more movies to get out of him. Well, so. oh yeah. And here's the thing: they're they're not getting as much out of it though. And it's the one character in Infinity War that you see go that 
Marvel just doesn't have as much of a stake in. That's true, they, too. They want that full stake, but they don't have it. Mm, I don't. It made my list, and I don't know anything about it. <laughs> it's just that Sony, it, not Marvel, has mm-hmm. the rights. Mm-hmm. So That's a whole making, other conversation, Paula. We can yeah, try to get we, into that. We get time. into this conversation <laughs> all the time about how much that pisses us off. Um, but Marvel does not have as much of a stake to make that money off of them. So if they did write his death in permanent, not yeah, so sad. Okay. You know. Well, that <laughs> that's, that's an interesting brings up an interesting point about how the the marketing decisions will be made for a solo film again because if depending on what that agreement says Disney and Marvel Studios may have very little say on what Sony decides to advertise at what time in what way that's true we keep talking about this like it's a Disney property it's technically a Sony property so Sony could advertise whenever the fuck they want to yeah yeah ugh just okay I mean, maybe they'll, you know... That's a headache. Yeah, maybe they'll sit on their hands and realize, you know, if we allow Marvel to make this movie for us, they make us $900 million. If we screw with a part of their fabric, they might not do that for us anymore. So hopefully we'll continue playing nice and not be jerks. But at this this time, Sony's still playing ball with Marvel, so we'll see how long that lasts. I'm waiting for something to happen to split that relationship, but so far, so good. Um, All right, so we'll move on to my number 10. My number 10 is How to Train Your Dragon 3. (laughs) Nice. Because I love the other two movies so much. They always have a lot of fun. They're always a lot of fun. They always have a lot of heart. They're they're really really enjoyable i think they're underrated for a lot of people i don't feel like i hear a lot of people talk about them but i love that series and i'm I'm excited to see where they go i'm, I'm guessing this is the last one they're gonna do i would kind of yeah because they've done so many girlfriend yeah they've done yeah. so many spinoffs and like direct to netflix right. series and specials yeah but, i haven't watched any of those but i have yeah, i, I, I love the two movies but anything any weird stuff like that i just write it off as Designed for kids. Yeah. DreamWorks yeah, definitely the... has something amazing there. Like, it is a great story, and I yeah. cried for the first one. That was... Mm-hmm. I'm really excited to see this one as well. They both hit me in the feels, so mm-hmm. I'm sure I'm expecting this one to do it to me, too. So, I have actually not seen the second one yet. Which blows, because I've been trying to for, like, four years... Well, I, I own it, Josh. So whenever you want to watch it, <laughs> well, it we'll was plan a movie day. It was weird because I, I I saw it years ago, either like right before Sarah and I met, or just as we met, something like that. And she never saw it. So we a few years later we watched the first one, and then it felt like for five years the second one was on streaming on Netflix. Yeah. And then about a year ago it went away, <laughs> and we never got around to watching it. Yeah. I was like, oh, I never went to go buy it, never borrowed it, never rented it, never right. did anything. Um, yeah, now it's been gone for a while, and I haven't gotten around to it yet. And I really, I do, I dig the first one a ton. Yeah. Second one's still a lot of fun, too. To the point so. where for a while, um, I actually have a Halloween picture uh, of one year that uh, our one black cat, who has, just like Toothless, has like very vibrant green eyes. 
we fashion these little wings out of like construction <laughs> paper and pipe cleaners and tried to like wrap them around him to make him like walk around the house <laughs> to look like a dragon. Nice. That's adorable. Um, <laughs> so like for like, just like a two week period, we were calling him toothless cause he <laughs> ki- it look kind of looks like it and kind of behaves in that like very shy, like reserved way. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I just it dug it a whole lot. I just need to catch up. We'll get you there. We got some time. When does that come out? Uh, that is a good, I want to say February, but I don't know if I'm right. I don't have that much time after all. I got to get on that. Yes, February. Right. I don't know the exact date because I'm just looking at the tagline at the end of the trailer that just says February. So I'm sure there's an exact date, but I don't give you a ballpark. Yeah, I got to get off my butt then. (laughs) Um, All right, so we'll loop back around to Mike. What is your number nine? My number nine for this year is the reboot of Hellboy. Uh, this looks incredible. David Harbour looks like a perfect choice from the little bit we've seen of David Harbour as Hellboy so far. The, you know, leaked pictures or not leaked, but promos, whatever they are. He looks amazing. Um, I'm, I just, I don't know. It, it, I loved Ron Perlman as Hellboy the first time. It's time to move on. Ron's a little bit old to keep that going and reboot the series. Somebody a lot younger, but able to keep the role going for a lot more time, I guess you could say. Um, it, it it looks great. Um, it's being directed by Neil Marshall, uh, most well-known for a movie I'm sure Brian's never seen called The Descent. Uh, you are correct. I've never which seen is, that. Uh, a fantastic horror film. Um, also did The Descent 2, which not as good as the first one, but still good. Um, but he's also very well known for two of the most prominent episodes of Game of Thrones. Um, the Watchers on the Wall and the Blackwater episodes. Ooh, okay. Um, which are, yeah, exactly. Eight fantastic episodes. So I am really looking forward to what he's going to do with Hellboy. Hellboy the character, if I'm sure... Brian's probably read some of the comics. Josh, of, have you... Of Hellboy, I've not. Mm-mm. I've only okay. seen the movies. Yeah, same. Okay. Very enjoyable character all around. The movie did a really good job the first time. Um, I wasn't as big a fan of the second movie as I was the first, but still... Just really looking forward to it. I, I can't express that enough as to how cool it looks like it's going to be. Yeah, I think it's got a lot of promise. It, I I thought about putting it in my honorable mentions, but there wasn't too much to look at. Like, there's no trailer. We have the one production image of David Harbour dressed up as Hellboy, which to me, when I saw that, it was like, well, he looks like Hellboy, which is kind of what Ron Perlman looked like. So I didn't see a lot of differences in what they made Hellboy look like. So to me, it was like, okay, I, I want to like this. I want to see more. But until I do, it's still kind of like just there. Like, I know it's happening and see what happens with it that's fair that it was curious um looking over some of the reports that it's i mean this is i think this is probably a good thing like they're not going for just a carbon copy of what del toro did so no like there's several main characters from del toro's stories from his two films that 
aren't apart. It doesn't look like they're a part of this one. Mm. Right. Uh, most notably Abe Sabian, um, which I think was like a fan favorite, at least as my perception from the first ones, um, played by awesome Doug Jones. Um, but uh, like his notable absence, though, I think is a good way to try to set this apart. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I would expect a very different tone than the first two. Just because of, you know, your director and what we know he's done before, it looks, you know, I would expect different. And I, it's funny that this is coming up because um, Sarah and I just watched the first Hellboy over the weekend. She had never seen it, and it's been at least 10 years since I have. Um, and I, I'd say it actually holds up really well still, um, but I forgot that those first two movies, the Del Toros, are PG-13 movies. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure they're going for a hard R on this. I believe that was what I read. Uh, I, I think you're right on with that, but I don't know that they've confirmed that or not. Um, I have to look again to see if they actually do have any kind of confirmation on it. Well, if, I feel like just talking about it, I think Josh is right. I think that's where they're leaning as far as like when they're hyping the movie up. I, just, again, to set the tone differently than what they did before. Yeah, I, I think given the material, I think honestly it can only serve this kind of stuff well. Yeah, so we'll see if I if I can handle it. <laughs> I'd like to see it. I don't know if it, if it goes that direction. I don't know if I'll, if I'll go out on my way to watch it. Well, it depends on how... I mean, like, Blade was rated R. I mean, yeah. I imagine it'll be... Logan. Yeah, I imagine it'll be, like, along those lines. Not so much on the horror movie gore side. It might be graphic, but I don't know if it'll be gore for the sake of, like, horror gore, you know? Well, at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if they went that direction. Like, I still I, feel like I that, would would, with... that, would, that would fit with them. I, I, I don't think they would go that route with Hellboy, though. Hellboy He's a demon from hell. That's not <laughs> gore. Though. Like, that's not... But when you're fighting, like, monsters that eviscerate people, I feel like that you could, if they wanted to, they could easily go that direction. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, in in his story, there's no reason to. Okay, yeah, I guess I could see it. I'm just wondering how far, if they want to really differentiate themselves from the one that came before, that would be a way to do it. I I would say expect violence on the Logan Deadpool type scale. Maybe not the comedy involved in the violence like Deadpool, but I would expect that type of violence, not necessarily the disgusting, just to be disgusting violence. Okay. We'll see. You might have brought me back around. We'll, we'll We'll see what this ends up being. Uh, Paul, anything for Hellboy? I don't know how familiar yeah. you are with that stuff. So let me look at my list here. That's um, number no on my list. <laughs> so yeah, no, thank you. Have um, you seen the other ones, the, the Ron Perlman ones at all? You or know, no? funny you should ask. Absolutely not. So, <laughs> yes, thank you. I know who Hellboy is. I've seen the pictures. I don't know anything about his story. Um, yes, not on my list. So Okay, fair enough. In, Maybe next time. In, in all honesty, um, especially having just rewatched the first one this weekend. So it was 
made in 2000, what well, was released in 2004. Um, it's very much more fantasy ish than anything else. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's, it's a comic book think. property or a graphic novel property, whatever, but it's, yeah, at, at least the, the film versions of what Del Toro made. Like the first one is honest to God, like, like there's very strong, obvious subtexts of like parent child relationships and a love story combined with external threat but it's actually pretty good so many good one-liners in that movie too yeah most of what hellboy yeah. says is, is very quotable yeah and it's very it's just ron perlman right and it, it actually <laughs> yeah. has almost like a ryan reynolds deadpool dickish yeah kind of attitude about him so actually i mean Paul, yeah, you probably he... wouldn't hate it as much as you think you actually might be like middle of the road on it but it's <laughs> okay it's it's i guarantee whatever you're thinking it's probably not that okay yeah i mean i do enjoy deadpool so i mean i would say hellboy is a very disney demon mm-hmm. oh, okay. if there can be such a thing he's a disney <laughs> demon right. that sounds lovely and the ones that could, Del Toro made, he's a Disney demon. New what? one, I don't, we don't know yet. But okay. the ones that are out there, I would watch a trailer for them at least and give them a look if you think you can like it because it's okay. not, it's not what you. If you decide to watch it, Paula, you can report back and let us know. What you <laughs> think. See, if, see if you can find a picture of the Next cute little podcast. like little red <laughs> ape with a tail that they think he is at the beginning of the movie. It's like when they first find Hellboy, he looks like a little pet. Aww. Yeah. The CG on that doesn't hold up <laughs> as well. No, but it's still cute. It It, it is, yeah. <laughs> but it's fun because a lot of that film was very practical effects. Yeah. Like, it's, it, and I think they're going to do the same thing with David Harbour. Like, they went for makeup and prosthetics, which was the smart way to do. They made a costume. Yeah. And there are stuff that he interacts with and has to deal with that are definitely cg in nature but even then like del toro went a lot of like uh practical puppetry and, and other things uh, you know in certain scenes you can tell that so it, uh, that's something i could totally appreciate because you don't yeah. find that art form very much anymore so yeah i do i do appreciate when you know directors go that way and Detarmo, del toro wait yep yes. yeah del toro. um yeah he does make beautiful movies so yeah, this was pre Pan's Labyrinth. Yes, not long yeah. before though. It was it was right before we actually looked it up. He did Hellboy one, then Pan's Labyrinth, then I think he went right into Hellboy two. Okay. Mm. Um. All right. Should we go on to Josh's number nine? Um, I picked, and I I actually found myself surprised once I saw the calendar that i was like "Ooh, okay this will be fun i'm gonna go with happy death day to you (laughs) here's my reasoning um the first happy death day last year from 2017 i think uh made my honorable mentions for that year i believe um and i i i remember kind of feeling like uh, well, Sarah and I, you know, got free admission to the movies at that time, and it was a PG-13 horror movie, and we didn't expect much of it, but whatever, it's free, and let's just go on a, you know, weekday night or whatever, and it actually ended up being 
pretty enjoyable. It was it, it was not entirely original because it was like effectively like a murder mystery version of Groundhog Day. But yeah. they also kind of embraced that. Like they literally make a direct Groundhog Day reference towards the end of the movie. <laughs> um, so it wasn't entirely lost on them, and you know that they knew those comparisons would be made. And who knows? Maybe that's just directly where they kind of took the idea off of. But it actually was kind of enjoyable. The only reason um, that I, I have worries about this is number one, it's being released like less than a year and a half from the first one. Uh, the second reason is if out of a sequel, so I'm going to assume that no one listening to this really is ever going to see either of these movies. <laughs> so I am going to spoil the first one a little bit. Um, the So ba the premise of the first movie as set forward and all the trailers and whatnot, so this isn't spoilers, is a person keeps reliving the day that they're killed. In an effort okay. to hopefully solve their own murder. Okay. Where the story ends, the trailers for the sequel have made it apparent that through some twist of some kind, the same person has to do it again. Like in the... On a different day or the same day? The same... The same day, like time, yeah. time has passed from the end of the first movie to the beginning of our sequel, but at some point in the sequel, time basically gets reversed. She has to go back to that same day. Some kind of circumstance is different, so she kind of it, it's making it seem like she has to. Are they going to Back to the Future to it? No, I don't. No, 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 not that's know. the thing. Not like that. She's just there again, like she's waking up back in the same day again like it's like it's, it's a supernatural effect where she goes to sleep on a night you know say weeks later months later whatever it is and she wakes up back where she was before okay and like some new set of circumstances has happened where she basically i'm assuming is then going to get killed again and have to work through the puzzle again and figure it out i thought it would have been much more strong to connect it to someone else in her life yeah. Make someone else the victim. I feel, personally, like they made this second movie for how f fucking hilarious the trailer was. Um, because, so, in the first movie, she relives this day over and over again. You get the same kind of effect that you get in Groundhog Day by the end of the movie, where she's walking through the college campus, like, pulling people out of the way of stupid shit that's about to happen to them, telling people ahead of time, no, leave me alone, all this shit. So the same kind of Groundhog Day effect going on in there, and in the trailer, she's like, instead of being like polite about it, she's just pissed off and like <laughs> flipping out on people as they're doing the same stupid shit they were the first time. And it, the the trailer itself was hilarious. If you had seen the first movie, if you hadn't seen <laughs> the first movie, you'd have no idea what the hell's funny about the trailer. True. Who's the but, main character? Like what? Who? Like what actress? Um, I do not know her name off the top of my head. Yeah, she's not like a household name. No. Okay. Uh, Jessica Roth, Roth, R R O T H E. This is another one, Brian. This is a horror movie you could manage. It's PG thirteen, right? I could yeah. probably handle that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, she Paula. Did you see La La Land? 
Uh, no. No? Okay. So that might be the only, like, quick reference one I could give you, but... She looks like a little bit of, like, a low-rent Blake Lively. Yes. Okay. She looks like a low-rent version of Blake Lively. She actually does. And, like, not even, like, in a crappy way, but that's a a very (laughs) accurate way to describe her physical appearance, especially her facial structure. Yeah, we could just say, like, not Blake Lively. Yeah. Like, it's, <laughs> like if she wanted she to could cosplay be, as Blake Lively for Halloween, she could. <laughs> yes. She could probably fool, I don't know, who's Blake Lively dating? Uh, she's married to Ryan, Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds, yeah, okay. She could probably <laughs> fool him. Like, it's close enough. Like, it's extremely close. So, yeah. But, yeah, there was, um, like, some surprising, like, fun, dark humor woven into the first one that I think added to the reason it was enjoyable. It was very, it was very watchable. And I think that's what mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting. But, but as I said, this could continue to be fun, but I just think a stronger story choice would have been for the main person affected to be someone else other than her. Right. Could have been her boyfriend, uh, another you know friend from the main cast from the first one, whatever. But for it to continue to be her just felt too easy of of a of a solution to pick well i guess when we get to favorites of 2019 we'll see if this still makes your list yeah yeah hope i mean i'm i'm hoping uh actually because there's very few there's very few good horror thrillers made anymore that can still be fun and can still do it within the pg-13 framework it's really difficult to do that I think that's more of a torch that you and Mike are, are trying to support here. So I'll let you guys report back and we'll see see how it is. Yeah. Well, also, the the strange part is the first one they put out around Halloween. And yeah, okay. that's a good time of year for that. You know, te- teenage horror movie, uh, PG-13, that's like prime market time. So when for does this one drop? February. Yeah. Oh, they're going for the Valentine's Day crowd. I, I oh, guess. How romantic. <laughs> I guess. And it's got to be because it actually is. It's releasing on the same day as another pick of mine that's coming up later. Um, okay. But yeah, it's mid-February. But um, I don't think it's the best timing. But I think I, I that hadn't occurred to me. I guess you're right. They're going to try to hit that uh, Valentine weekend crowd. Yeah. Dinner and a movie. <laughs> that's pretty much it. That's when we saw Deadpool. <laughs> I mean, if Deadpool can do it. Yeah. Um, all right, we good on that one? We'll move to Paula's number nine. Okay. Um, I'm super excited about Aladdin, um, the live-action version. Uh-huh. Um, coming out in May. And Guy, I was really surprised to find that Guy Ritchie is directing it. Yes. Oh, I forgot I'm about f- that. I'm a fan. Um... A really not a very famous cast, with the exception of Will Smith, who's going to be our genie. I love mm-hmm. that idea. Um, the only problem is, is that from the 1992 Aladdin, um, I know it pretty much word for word. <laughs> well, that's so if... that's good because when they do these remakes, they're pretty much <laughs> making a shot for shot, line for line remake. Exactly, exactly. Yes. So, so you'll be fine. That's definitely how I felt with like Beauty and the Beast. Oh so, yeah. Um. Although, um, what's her face? Oh. Emma? Her, Emma Thompson? Th- no, Thompson. Watson. 
Watson, thank yeah. you. So many British Emmas. Um, <laughs> it, she did a great job. The singing wasn't so amazing, but you can't, you know, I'd rather have her acting than her singing. So regardless, I, I loved it. So I'm really looking forward to this one as well. Yeah. Um, but Will Smith as the genie is going to be like amazing. Now, can I ask, have you been, you know, uh, frequenting Disney news stuff, you know, much more than the rest of us that would show like, what direction are they going with the genie? Is it combination of CGI live action? Is Will Smith just voicing a purely CGI character? Do you have any idea? No, I've only seen the pre like the the teaser trailer, mm-hmm. and he was not in it at all. Like I yeah. saw Yago, yeah. saw Aladdin, like the Cave of Wonders, um, but really haven't haven't heard much about the genie. And I follow Will Smith on Twitter. I don't think he's actually put anything out yet. So no, no. Um, he's talked more about Bad Boys Three <laughs> yeah. than Aladdin. Priorities. I think I think they're keeping that under wraps pretty well the only thing that will disappoint me personally is if it is 100 percent cgi for this genie and they are doing these word for word like they use like they did with beauty and the beast and all that and they just didn't use robin williams again if it's I, word for word it's 100 percent cgi i would have rather it have been robin williams he's got to do his own humor like he has to have his own comedy it cannot be you know some of the stuff that you know Robin Williams improv. You you shouldn't do that over again. I I agree, and that, that that's kind of where I'm at. Is like if it, I wouldn't want word for word from somebody else. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting his take on it. It'll be interesting his version of it. I mean, when I even when I saw the Broadway show, like um, the gentleman who did the Broadway show, he was actually from Pittsburgh. And his version of the genie, he was actually doing it in London. And when the traveling show came to Pittsburgh, he flew in from London to do the show here in Pittsburgh when it came. And we saw him. And his version of the genie was amazing. And he said he was very much inspired by Robin Williams, but he didn't do exactly what you would have thought. It was just, it was, he had a phenomenal, and you didn't, you didn't want Robin Williams at that time, you, you were very right. happy with the gentleman who did it. So, like, I'm sure Will Smith is going to do his own, and it's going to be fabulous, and I'm looking forward to it. So, this is actually my number nine, too. Oh. Um, but I, I, it might have made higher on my list if we had seen more from a trailer, because I'm with mm-hmm. Paula. I really want to see what Will Smith ends up looking like, and how they do the genie, and what his take on it is. And had I got more of that, it might have either risen or fallen, depending on that portrayal. Yeah, but since we haven't seen that yet, I'm still very hopeful for it. So it still ended up making my top ten. Potential potholes that I'm hoping this avoids, and it, it's it's Disney. So I mean, number one, they've shown that they're not afraid to fire creative makers if they're not producing what it is they'd like to see. But correction, Lucasfilm is not. <laughs> uh, well, to fire. yeah, I guess. Yeah. Um. That uh, Guy Ritchie's last immediate production directing gig right before Aladdin was that really bad King Arthur movie. I was going to say, don't you say Man from Uncle because I will slap you, <laughs> but I forgot about that King Arthur movie. Yeah. So I'm hoping this is a better return to form because he's done quite a bit that I enjoy. Um, 
Oh, well, there's a one other thing. Oh, uh, you talked about um, counter-programming a little, little bit ago. And uh, yeah. this, as far as I can tell, it looks like Aladdin uh, releases on the same day as Brightburn. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so if I don't catch Aladdin opening weekend, I might be somewhere else. I know. Um, all right, so we covered Paula and Mai's number nine, so we'll loop back around to Mike for his number eight. My number eight is Spider-Man, Far From Home. All right. Oh, yeah, I feel like that's... it's. I know it's going to hit further on my list, so we'll get to it there, too. Um, Josh, you're number eight. So this, I think, Brian, this might have been on your 2018 list. Uh, as a like last minute, I think this is like your last minute edition. Yeah, these were last year. There's two I think that I put on right at the end right, that day because they just released trailers for them, and I was like all hyped up from trailers. I bet I can guess. One was Annihilation, I think, mm-hmm. and the other one I'm thinking was Alita, Correct. Battle Angel. Yes, that uh, was supposed to be, I believe, a December 2018 release. Like it was, yeah, late in the basically year. Basically yeah. supposed to be out right now. Yeah. Uh, sometime this month, uh, but they pushed it a couple months, so I think it's looking like it's going to be February. Um, yeah, I don't remember what they pushed it to, but you you might be right. Uh, and piggybacking on something we also just said, uh, if Valentine's Day, John. yeah, if what I have is true, so basically <laughs> like this and Happy Death Day to you open the same weekend. <laughs> um, and I wouldn't mind a nice double feature um but no, i i I actually the more that i see of alita uh the more i'm kind of digging it it's it's one that the initial previews had me interested and whatever the delay was for whether it was just timing issues or if they actually needed a little bit more to do some post uh it seems very special effects heavy so i wouldn't be surprised if they're fine-tuning some of that stuff but i mean all the elements combined you know that we probably talked about last year directed by robert rodriguez screenplay by james cameron uh shared with uh someone named leita caligridis try to give credit where credit's due uh <laughs> whatever you think of james cameron you know especially oh and robert rodriguez also has a screenplay character so all three of them have writing credits um uh, you know cameron makes a good story yeah. You know, he he is a very good story person. Um and I think the cast looks really freaking amazing. Uh I'll hit the highlights for you real quick. Jennifer Connolly, Rosa Salazar, uh Mahershala Ali, Michelle Rodriguez, Christopher Waltz, Jackie Earl Haley, Ed Screen, Casper Van Dean for shit's sake. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Fahey, a uh a lost alumni and Worked with uh, Rodriguez in um, Machete. Um, it I think it looks pretty sweet. Uh, I'm I'm interested to see if it is as different as I think it is, yeah. or if it just looks very glitzy, but it's kind of empty. I'm hoping that's not the case. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm still interested in this. Funny, fun, funnily enough, it made my top ten last year. It did not make my top ten this year. That's... Only because I think there's too much that I wanted to jam pack in my top ten that it just kept going further and further oh, down I... the list, so I didn't put it in my top ten. Mm-hmm. I'd say but... the same thing. 
Yeah. Like, it was one of the ones that was like a last minute removal. Yeah. Uh, because I figured we talked about it before. So it wasn't so much that it maybe necessarily isn't in my top 10. It's that I was like, eh, we've talked about it. I'll put it in honorable mentions. Yeah. You know, like it was, it was an easy one to move because we covered it so much over the last year that. At this point, it's not new anymore. Right. Like the the trailer when it came out last year was new and fresh and it looked different. But now that all this other stuff is, is getting in its way that it feels like we should have seen this already. So it it's not, I don't know, it's not as fresh, I guess. It's, at least that's my mindset. Sure. I agree. And you're and now you're comparing it against a different population of other contenders over that same right. 12-month period. So, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Paula, do you know anything about this movie? Have you seen any trailers or anything? No, but I haven't actually seen marketing at the movie theater for it. So mm-hmm. I was kind of interested when I saw it. I'm like, well, I wonder what that is. So I looked it up, and I'm like, nah, not interested. <laughs> yeah. The, the more enough. the more you learned, the less into it you yeah. became. Yeah, I was like, that was pretty good marketing. It was really big too. I was like, hmm, that's no, no, thanks. Yeah, I'm such a movie. I sound like such a movie slob. I'm like, no to that. No, no, thank you. Hey, everybody's no. got their no, got, no, got what yeah. they're into. Yeah, that's I why mean, it's fun to have this like this random, not random, but. A variety of people on here because Josh and Mike are representing the horror. You've got Disney on lockdown. I'm probably somewhere in the middle, but I don't <laughs> talk about the horror crap. But yeah, so I mean, it's it's good to get because people listening might not be in the same stuff that I am into, but they might feel more in line with you or Josh or Mike. So it works. We cover all the bases. I think, yeah, it definitely was on my oh. my visual. I won't even say on my radar because it couldn't didn't quite make my radar. <laughs> like yeah, uh, no thanks. I I, I think. Enough. With Alita, the, the the easiest way to describe, you know, like I, when Brian told me about it last year on this same episode, I was pretty much oblivious to it, but, and I was like, eh, whatever, you know, it's going to be cool sci-fi, and then, you know, as he's talking about it, oh, James Cameron's directing. Oh, now I'm paying uh, attention. Yeah. Like, it's it, it's a whole different ball game when James Cameron is attached to something. Right. I think he's just involved with the story. I think Robert Rodriguez is directing, right? Yes. That's you, that's more of a hook for me than James Cameron. Okay. <laughs> right. But uh, it, to be completely honest, like Robert Rodriguez has his own amazing style, and to put him on something like this yeah, is very interesting. But either way, James Cameron attached to the movie is incredible Yeah, for any movie. Um. So, yeah. Okay. Um, should we? Okay. Should we move on to Paula's number eight? Oh yes! Wow, it's me already. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, my number eight is Lion King. Um, live action version. Um, that comes out in July. Um. Let's see, Beyonce. I'm going <laughs> to, yes, so Queen Bay. Um, James Earl Jones is coming back. That is fun. And, yes. Yeah. Um, Donald Glover, I think, no, not, no. Yeah. No, yeah, you got it right. Yeah. yeah. He's going to be in it, and um, it, the cast looks amazing. Um, I'm pretty excited for Timon and Pumbaa. And Zazu. John Oliver? Yep. Yeah. Uh, John Oliver and... Um. Seth Rogen as Pumbaa. And I think Billy Eichner. As Timon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, looks like they got some new hyenas. 
And of course, James Earl Jones is Mufasa, but <laughs> yes, you can't have it. Well, thank goodness. Somebody preserve him forever. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's going to break your heart because that little lion is just, yeah, mm-hmm. we all know the story. Come on. Yeah. It's going to be. Yes, everybody, everybody knows. Spoiler alert 23 years later. Right. <laughs> so. Everyone knows the story. Now it's live action. And, you know, we're living in this amazing age where digital animation is going to be fantastic. So, like, one of the questions was, like, will the actors be kind of, like, um, in those CGI suits? Are they going to be actually moving? Or, like, how is that going to work? No, I can't find any information on it. But, um, you know, you know how they just did... their iconic voices is going to be amazing. Do you know how they did the Jungle Book? Because Favreau directed that, and yeah. now he's directing this one. So I imagine it's the same... However, they did that when they're going to just do it for the Lion King. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know if they did motion capture for Jungle Book or not. Well, I mean, Jungle Book at least had one actual human character. This has zero. Right. 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 Yeah, I think Rafiki's but, the closest we get. Yeah. But they. But for the animal stuff, I don't know if they let people motion capture for the animals or if they just CG'd all the animals in there and that was it. I'm pretty sure because they're supposed to move and like actually look like their actual animals i don't think you're gonna get people see doing motion capture for that it, okay I they, they made motion capture an actual lion yeah mm. okay because the replacement um, you figure if you yeah having to put you know bipedals and turn all of them into four-legged creatures your quadrupeds yeah like you're not really gaining a whole lot i don't think from motion capturing a human form just right. to then replicate it, but right, okay. Um, I don't know. It wouldn't surprise me if they did shit like that with the technology that they have now. So true, and I mean, I'm sure Disney just you know starts you know picnic fires with money. <laughs> oh, so yeah, they probably I mean, I, could I, do that if they wanted. I, I wouldn't say it's outside the realm of possibility for it to be like like face capture technology to capture emotions okay yeah, yeah. but the, the, like the actual movements i don't think you're gonna see like that that's almost definitely not but yeah. the, the face all that i could see that being part of it that makes sense no paula can i ask your your feeling on this one um there was something i read after the trailer the teaser whatever was released that someone was making the point that they actually hope that the vast majority of the songs specifically from this one as opposed to some of these other live action remakes that they strip most of them out. Um, what, um what's, what, I think, what's your feeling? I think especially if you have Beyonce in there, there's going to be music and there's actually more that was written for that movie that they had pulled and, um, they actually added it into the Broadway show. So I hope they even add more. Oh, the really? same thing with Aladdin. They had more songs written for Aladdin that didn't make it into the movie that actually made it into the Broadway show. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping maybe they even, you know, add those in. That would be amazing because animated features are always shorter than, you know, regular movies. So I would love to see them add in those. The songs are beautiful. Um, the one that was eliminated was called uh, Morning Report, and it was actually done by Zazu. And it was <laughs> okay. amazing. Like, he does this fantastic, complicated, long song, and if it makes it into the movie, it'd be amazing. Um, there's also, um, it's been floating around Facebook a couple of times. Um, someone had posted the 1994 um, preview and put it with the new preview, and it's, like, almost, like, frame by frame, uh, you know, exactly the same. It's just... 
so cool to see both of those together side by side. That was pretty neat. I saw that. Do you, is this another one that you hope that they take some creative license and tell the same story, but not just scene for scene, line for line of, of the animated or is like, do you enjoy that about some of the, the way that they're doing these remakes? And is that what you hope to see? Yeah, I went a little same and I went a little different. Um, is that so much to ask? <laughs> like, <laughs> I want a little bit of both. Like I want, you know, the Beyonce Nala and I want, you know, John Oliver's as like, I want their nuances, but I also want it like, you know, if I want the old stuff, I'll just go watch, you know, Whoopi Goldberg's Hyena or something like that. Like it's going to be great and it's going to be different. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah. I think they, they kept the one voice that you just can't replace with James Earl Jones. You, right. There's nothing you could do to make Mufasa better. No. So, I would argue Jeremy Irons is needed, too. Like, if they were going to bring somebody else back, that's another if, voice I'd love to hear. If anyone, yeah, but uh, Chiwetel yeah. Chiu- okay. Ejiofor is playing Scar in this. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. He's got All a right. good voice for this. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. Well, um, yeah. I'm looking forward to this. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt your, your train of thought, Mike. It's gone now, so don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, Alfre uh, Woodard uh, is Sarabi. So. Saw that. Oh, wow. This is going to be amazing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Keegan-Michael Key is one of the other hyenas. Yeah. He's making Eric Andre is Shenzi. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is going to be fantastic. <laughs> uh, cool, cool. So how many... How many does Disney have coming out this year? Like three or four of these live action remakes, right? So at least three. Lion King, Aladdin, Dumbo. Yeah. And those are like all packed into the first like six, seven months of the year. Do they have anything on the back end in the fall? Not that I know of. Uh, Not that's um, like live action. Not like digital, but they have Everyone's staying away from Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And I think Brian's right. Staying away from Star Wars. On that back um, end. Yeah, good point. It's going to be a monster. Well, they yeah, they'd yeah. be competing with themselves, too. A romantic yeah. monster. <laughs> we'll get there. Yeah, I know, <laughs> I know. Uh, all right, I guess we'll move on to my number eight. My number eight is Glass. Mm. Hmm. Uh, yes. Now I'm, su- I'm, I'm interested for the rest of the episode to see what went above that. Because I, I thought you were pretty pretty into this, so I, I'm curious I, to know what beat it. A, a lot of them are obvious. I don't know if there's going to be any like spoilers that are above <laughs> that that you're going to be like, oh, okay, I don't understand why that's there. But hmm, all right. um, yeah, I think uh, Split surprised me. Josh was was hyping Split for me for a while, so I finally sat down and watched that, and actually really enjoyed that, and liked the way that connected to the Unbreakable universe and how that came about and the trailer for glass looks awesome so i'm i'm in the in an age where this marvel mcu is is taking over everything to see a different take on a superhero movie like unbreakable if it was released now i think would stand out a lot more than when it came out in 2000 or 2001 whenever that was yeah mm-hmm. so being able to revisit that universe now being in the heyday of superhero movies i think is going to be a really nice juxtaposition and could be really really cool so I'm, and you know, because we've been dealing with the MCU for so long, this is the movie that is probably going to make a lot of uh, topical 
observations about that type of universe and these movies that are out now. It very well could, yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, I'm I'm curious and and everything looks interesting to me and having the just the trailer having the three of them all together on screen between James McAvoy, Bruce Willis and Samuel L. Jackson together. I was I'm sold. So, which is probably yeah. the only way you were ever going to get those three people in a movie together. <laughs> which I'm glad for, don't get me wrong, but like yeah. under what other circumstance especially like McAvoy's kind of the the wild card because the other two have yeah. obviously acted together before but yeah like so many years later even putting willis and uh samuel L. jackson back together in any other context would have probably been difficult yeah um i remember yeah, so I seeing it... like glass in or unbreakable in the theater really it was amazing i had no idea until glass came into um when i was looking up movies this year um, that there was a sequel, so uh, shame on me. I had no idea that there was a sequel to Unbreakable. Did you see Split? No, I did not. Okay. I would recommend seeing Split before you see Glass. Yes. Yeah. It's not going to make any sense if you don't. Agreed. Okay. Because I don't know how much they're... Because McAvoy's character is from Split. Yeah. So I don't know how yes. much they're going to explain to you about his character in Glass. I'm sure you get a little, but not much. Yeah. It's not going to be a recap. So think of think of Split as like the origin story for his character. Yeah, and are all three of them M Night movies? Yes. 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 Okay. Yeah. yeah. And I think Brian is Glass come out in January. I want to say January. I I did I made the mistake of not looking like not writing down any release dates for the movies that I put on my list, so I have to look them all up every time we talk about them. Well, that was the short note I made for myself, but it um. January 18th. It, uh, oh, okay. So, yeah, it's coming it's very up. Very soon. Coming up quick, Paula. Um, actually, I think, I know Brian does. We might also have Split, if you need to get your hands on it soon. Um, yes, please. But uh, also, like, I think S- Split came out in January of 2017, and I think that was an excellent spot for it. Uh-huh. It didn't get run over by the Halloween season. Uh, it didn't get swallowed and ignored in the November, December holiday movies. It didn't get lost in the, you know, uh, uh, rush now that everything is becoming, you know, summer movie season starts in March now. Yeah. So, so Split didn't come out till two, 2017. Yes. And so Glass is coming out in 2019. How long ago was Unbreakable? I feel like that was such a long time ago. I think it was a 2000. Yeah. 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 No wonder it wasn't on my radar. I didn't, like, I just maybe didn't associate them. But... A lot of Split people... wasn't marketed as a sequel to Unbreakable. Okay. Yeah. You didn't, no. you didn't know about that until the very, very, very end. Like, uh... wasn't it like a... It's basically like a so, stinger. Yeah, spoilers for, spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen Split, but it is okay. the, the very end of that movie, You it opens you up and says yes we are tied into this unbreakable universe yeah. which is the okay. only thing that really does it there's not even like yeah. subtle hints along the way like no. you you take out that 45 that, seconds and it's just a movie that that was the m night Shyamalan twist in there not to spoil yes. that for yeah, you yeah it kind of was like, no that's okay because it didn't I don't really like have surprises, that so that's fine. normal <laughs> m night Shyamalan twist that you get at the end of a movie but then that comes in and you're like oh yes mm-hmm. so there is one okay so Okay. You're going to have a lot of homework by the time this is done. Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
All right, so we'll bring it around to Mike for his number seven. My number seven is Captain Marvel. Uh, for obvious reasons, Captain Marvel, that we've seen the trailers. It looks amazing. Uh, some of us have not. <laughs> won't mention what we see in the trailers. I'll keep it clean for Josh on that. Um, for obvious reasons, though, we get to, you know, meet Captain Marvel, Brie Larson's Captain Marvel. Spoiler, it's Brie Larson. I don't know if you knew that yet. Um, you you just tiptoe, okay? <laughs> Josh is not in the mood to be fucked with right <laughs> Um. So, so we're going to get to see how Captain Marvel ties into this universe. We're going to get to see, you know, where that pager came from at the end of Avengers. Uh, we're we're going to get all kinds of juicy information. And from the trailer, it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm speaking... I feel like I, I can't talk as much about it as I want to. Um, so I'm going to leave it at that. We're going to around the Avengers trailer and stuff, too, whenever we get to that movie. Oh, even more so. <laughs> <laughs> is it I'm tiptoeing still... around it to say there's nothing to tiptoe around I think he knows that but he still didn't watch the trailer <laughs> okay. so I have a question about Captain Marvel's directors like plural mm-hmm. there's two of them never Correct. heard of them before yeah I don't think I have either nope. I think we've talked about that before Okay. did we ever talk about what they've done before because I didn't look that up I think we did whenever we first talked about when they were announced as directors and the movie started moving forward. But looking at their back catalog, I don't think there was anything there that stood out to me that I should know or sounded familiar. I think the best thing that they might be known for, because it's like a a co-writer, co-director team, and they've done multiple things like that. Um, I think the most easy standout thing that they might be known for is Half Nelson. Which was a Ryan Gosling movie from 2006. Uh, he was nominated for lead actor for that. But even then, yeah, I know so like, I that. I know that one. Yeah, yeah. It, it's either like you know that or you don't. But out of anything like really stand out, um, that would probably be it. Um, and I think I brought this up. Yeah, at that discussion that they also uh, their last feature that they made before this in 2015 is a movie called Mississippi Grind with uh, Ryan Reynolds and oh, what's his name? Ben Mendelsohn. Uh-huh. Ben Mendelsohn is now in Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. It's true. So uh, I actually, I, I did actually see that before I even knew about their connection to this. Um, and yeah. I actually really enjoyed that movie. So I, uh, as as far as like coming from the creators, I think it's it's in pretty good hands. I'll I'll be interested to see what they do. Yeah, I'm just a little concerned. This is like Marvel's Wonder Woman, so like they're banking on it to be like their version of their competition for Wonder Woman. Yeah, probably. I, I mean, Wonder Woman definitely set the bar. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and every time. We, we've said DC sets a bar, Marvel just kind of looks at it and, I don't know, gently steps over the ankle-high bar. Um, <laughs> so, I, I, I don't think it'll be very surprising if this is much better than Wonder Woman was. Um, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me if it was. It wouldn't shock me if it wasn't. It could go either yeah. way, because you're dealing with... The reception on it could be... A bit of a mixed bag because you're dealing with the Cree 
and you're dealing with a lot of things that people have been lightly introduced to in Guardians, and now you're going to get much more in-depth into the world of that. Yeah. So, I guess we'll just have to wait and see how they do with it, but it's Marvel. They haven't really had many major missteps, and even the missteps have still been okay. Right. Yeah, it's it's hard to go wrong with them. So, yeah, as much as we we sort of can't talk about this one, yeah, <laughs> like I, um, I want to, but yeah, it's safe to say I think it's going to make uh, a lot of people's other like uh, show up on other people's lists as well. It's a little it's a little bit higher on mine. Truth. Um, I don't know. Anything else we can generally add to this, or should we go to Josh's <laughs> number seven? Josh's number seven it is. Josh, what do you got for your seven? Uh, well, we only have one half of the argumentative duo here to really crack this egg open, but uh. my number <laughs> seven is Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Yes. Um, as I think we talked about, I think this was one of our trailer talks a couple months ago when it was released. Um, I just reiterate, like, I really enjoyed the 2014 Godzilla. Um, there's parts of it that I thought could have been strengthened. Um, but uh, overall for like a rehash and re-entry of Godzilla on onto the big screen and to kind of create something wider. Um, uh, I was already waiting for a sequel by the end of that movie. Yeah. Definitely, after one viewing, said, yes, I would absolutely like to see a continuation of this. And they might have actually got it done sooner if they weren't planning the whole Kong Godzilla universe thing that they're trying to do. Suck it in. So, <laughs> so, I mean, that yeah, this might have been a 2016 or 2017 movie if they weren't doing Kong in between uh, to get Well, the other thing I remember, going, too... But... Is that right after the first Godzilla came out and Gareth Edwards started getting all the recognition for that was right around the time he got signed on to do Rogue One. Mm-hmm. Yes. Legendary was waiting for him to finish Rogue One. He was originally tapped to do the sequel. Oh, uh, okay. So I don't know if Rogue One took too long, if he got too stuck on that or decided to opt out and not just jump into another movie after doing Godzilla and then Rogue One and then trying to come back to Godzilla. But it took them a little bit before they ca- they hired somebody else to direct this. So that might have production delays a little bit to push this yeah, that far out. Yeah. So it's funny that you mentioned that because uh, I remember looking at this a couple weeks ago and I'll just run through it real quick. So the person that was then hired to replace him, I guess you'd say replace, as a director and who is one of the main co-writers is a gentleman named Michael Doherty. Here are his writing credits in the past. I feel like we went over this before. Uh, we might have. I don't know. I don't. It, it doesn't. It's not coming into my head. But I'll do it real quick. He wrote X Men. No, I, I need a refresher. Yeah, go he ahead. wrote X Men too. Mm. He okay. yeah yeah. He wrote Superman Returns. Uh, he wrote a Halloween, uh, an anthology Halloween movie called Trick or Treat, which is, in some circles, it's kind of like a cult favorite. It's from two thousand seven. People have been wanting a sequel to that for 10 years 
if anyone saw the uh, 2015 Krampus movie with Adam Scott. You know it. <laughs> I, we actually did. <laughs> uh, he wrote that. He wrote X-Men Apocalypse. And he's listed as a screen uh, co-screenwriter on this, but he has been tapped to uh, to be the director of this. So it's it's definitely a mix mash of a resume. I feel like that's what I remember talking about. It's he's had as many hits as he has duds. Yeah, yeah you're definitely and, and on, on a on a wavelength there, going and in up a lot and of down. different genres. I mean, he's been in two yeah. two different comic book universes as a writer. He's been more in the sort of horror realm as a director. He actually directed Trick or Treat and Krampus. Um, but yeah, I, like, I guarantee this is a huge bump up in terms of budget and responsibility and, and all that. So, uh, I mean, for, when, I, when I saw from the trailer, it, you know, you would never know that. You would never think, oh yeah, the guy that made Krampus obviously made Godzilla. Yeah. Yeah, so, fair enough. Not to get too far ahead, but this is actually my number seven too. There you go. Um, yeah, I think it's it's. Josh, you're wondering what got above glass. I think it, this helped that we just got a new trailer for this this week. Okay. I did so not I think, see that yet. I won't watch it. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty odd. There's a lot of monster mayhem, which is what I want from this movie. I don't even oh, yeah. care if the plot doesn't make sense. <laughs> I just want to see these monsters fight. Yes. And I'm the trailer has satisfied that itch for right now, so I'm excited to see where this movie goes. Yeah, I mean, you guys know me, I'm into the giant monsters, I'm into the kaiju, I'm into all that stuff, and this is just gonna be amazing, it's higher on my list. Oh wow, okay. um, I actually wasn't sure if it was gonna make anyone's at all, I didn't know what everyone's feelings were on this based on other stuff. It's obviously my number one, it's obviously number one here, spoiler. To me, like, as somebody who even liked the old Godzilla movies... They, they, you know, you see this trailer, you, you see the first trailer, you see Rodan, you see Mothra, and you see King Ghidorah show up, and it's just a holy shit moment they're going that route again. They've told this story before, let's see what they do with it this time, and yeah, the old movies were shit, but it was, you know, <laughs> it, it, it's that same thing with, like, B-horror movies, that you watch them because they're ridiculously bad. You know, but it's still just funny to watch what they thought they could get away with. And now we're getting to see what it's like when they take those ideas and they turn them into something that actually looks realistic. Like, what if there was this giant skyscraper-sized monster? What would it really look like as opposed to a fucking puppet being drawn across a cardboard city? Yeah. So... Yeah, that it's just, you know, childhood dreams that were broken, fuck you Matthew Broderick, coming true <laughs> today. Um, so yes. I am Paula, you were joking about it, but have you have excited. you watched any other Godzilla movies or anything? I have not seen a Godzilla movie ever. Okay. Or just trying to figure out where you stand on all this. Yeah, not really. A Fair Godzilla enough. fan. Not into the big monsters fighting? Not really, no. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But thanks for asking. Sure, sure. Appreciate it. Uh, all right, so we'll bring it around to your number seven then, Paula. Oh, I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> it is the Lego Movie 2. 
the second part. I'm kind of surprised that's not higher on your list. Yeah, there's a lot of great movies, and I'm just, it kind of, um, it kind of got pushed to the bottom. Not that I'm, yeah, there's just too many good things at the beginning. (laughs) So, um, the Lego, so the last movie that was, came out from Lego was Ninjago, and it was not good. Um, kind of flop. No one wants to talk about it. So they definitely need something. And it's the Lego movie too. Um, Josh, here's your Elizabeth Banks. She has a starring yep. role. Yeah, that's She's what I Lyle figured. Style, otherwise yep. known as Lucy. Um, Chris Pratt is back as Emmett, the special. Um, Margot Robbie's doing Harley Quinn. Um, Channing Tatum is coming back as Superman. My favorite, Will Arnett, is coming as Batman. Batman. <laughs> And Tiffany Haddish is a new character, so um, oh, yeah. Um, it kind of. Why do has... I feel like she's in everything now? She kind. I feel like yeah. Tiffany Haddish shows up in everything. It's her time to shine. Yeah, I guess she's, she's rolling with it. Um, so it has. They're they're going to outer space. Um, yeah, and the um wild style character gets kidnapped, and Emmett has to go rescue her, of course. So. Um, but she's pretty badass in both, both movies. So, um, that comes out in February, actually. So it's going to be here in two months and I'm very excited. Loaded. And then after, I don't know if I realized how much stuff is in February. It's yeah. Happy Valentine's day to me. Um, (laughs) after you see it, you go down to your local Lego store and you build everything that (laughs) goes along with the movie. Um, because there's like 30 new sets coming out. So, well, are you going to be taking your Legos into the movie with you? <sighs> Probably. <laughs> That's what I did when I was a little girl and I saw the Little Mermaid. Like, I couldn't go in without having it all with me. So, probably take a Lego figure with me. That's how nice. I roll. Is it, gonna, is it gonna be Lego figure you, or are you gonna take like Emmett or Lucy or someone into the I'll movie? I'll probably with you? take Minnie Paula. Okay. Yeah. It's a safe bet. Mm-hmm. I'm glad they're sticking with the February. February time frame because I think that's when the first one was released. I think so too. And, and, and the, like our and many Batman. discussions. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Like our many discussions that we have about these calendars and whatnot, like February it, over the last four or five years has found a hot spot with certain things. I think Lego was a, a good choice. I th- 2014, I think that was actually the same year that the first Kingsman came out in February too. Ooh, I think you're right. Yeah. Uh, the last, I think last year was it 2017 was John Wick two. 2016 was Deadpool. Yeah. Nothing in 2015 is jumping out in memory strongly yet. Doesn't mean there wasn't something, but um, like we're going to get to something later that had a prior February release that is, now the next chapter of it is being released as like a summer movie, and I don't like that because I think it works really well in the winter. Um, so I'm glad that Lego said, "Hey, you know what worked well? Putting it out in February. Let's do that again." The trailer. Not all studios are dumb. I'm sorry. What was that Paula? Oh, I was gonna say the trailer looks kind of dark at the beginning too. It kind of has like a Mad Max feel to it. <laughs> oh, you're like, right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, Bricksburg is. Um, Kind of like in this desolate kind of arid way, um, but Emmett is so positive and happy about the whole thing, so <laughs> you can't not but love him. Everything truly is awesome. It is awesome. 
Uh, yeah, I'm excited for this too. It it didn't make my list. I'm sorry, what because, now? Yeah, you, no? I know. I'm sorry. It did. It did not. It okay. did not. Brian was at ten. Again, was at ten B. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, ten B, ten C. All these other ones are all <laughs> right, right around there. Yeah, there's yeah, there's too much other stuff. But it, you know, I it's stuff I want to see that I had on my list. But the more I kept adding stuff that I really wanted to see, it just kept pushing stuff down. So it did. Oh sure, not make put Godzilla list, on there, but throw off. The list <laughs> yeah, I see how it I know. I know. <laughs> okay, priorities. I get it. Anybody else? Did it make anybody else's list, or are you going to get right? shit from Paula too? Did it make anybody else's list? No spoilers. <laughs> I do not. Yeah, I do. I do not reveal things ahead of time. Okay, good to know. All right, be prepared to yell at them later, Paula. Totally. <laughs> um. All right, we already did. We talked about my number seven. My number seven was Godzilla. So we'll bring it back around to Mike for number six. So from everything is awesome to everything is not quite so awesome with it chapter two. Uh, the first movie was so fantastically done, um, and moving forward, now we get the same characters as adults, as expected. Um, they cast Jessica Chastain to play Beverly, Bill Hader to play Richie, and James McAvoy to play Bill. Um, of course, Bill Skarsgård back is Pennywise. Um, and... Couldn't be happier with the top billing on the casting. Uh, it's fantastic. It looks great, and they're taking this movie to another level. Hopefully, this time, just like they did the first time. They, I mean, I don't know. It, it's hard for me to say enough about how good the first one was and how excited that makes me to watch the next one. How did it do at the box office? The first one, very it's well for a horror well. movie. Yeah, for a horror movie, incredibly it, good. It made all the money. <laughs> like for real, I think if, it's like I, I want to say five horror movie ever. Yeah, it was almost half a billion or more than half a billion. I think. Well, I think it did like Deadpool money. It did seven hundred million. Is what yeah. it did. Wow. Like, it okay. either so. It either Deadpool might still be on top at number one R rated, or no, actually, I think Passion of the Christ is. But yeah, that's. But yeah, it either surpassed Deadpool slightly, or it's like just a shy number three. But it's definitely like top horror grossing movie ever. It was massive. I feel yeah. like I remember when we were talking about Deadpool numbers a couple podcasts ago. It was somewhere in the eight eight fifty yeah. million range. So I don't think it it quite hit, or like it it I don't think it I don't think got quite as close to Deadpool. But yeah, it's up there. True, but it, it, even at that, the as far as horror movies go, yeah, 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 I'm it's not probably to sell it short, double. Yeah, it means that's impressive. You know, the ne- the next movie, and it, I mean, the reason for it is simple. Like a lot of people really liked the old It. A lot of people liked Tim Curry, and they enjoyed that, but it just kind of came up short in a lot of ways because yeah. it was made for TV. And it wasn't the real story. It wasn't the whole story. Even this was not Stephen King's whole story because parts of Stephen King's whole story are so reprehensible that they can't even be put into movies. Yeah, that was a good um, call. Yes, no, that was a great call not to include that. We're not going to yep. talk about what the scene they did include is, but not yep. putting it in. Good call. Yep. Um, but 
this was a more faithful retelling of the story, I think, than the Tim Curry version of it. And you're also talking about Stephen King's number one book. You're talking the number one horror writer of our time and his number one story. So everybody that's into horror is Mm -hmm. going to go for this. And people that aren't into horror are still drawn to it because it's a phenomenon as far as a horror popularity goes. I know you're not, but I'm saying (laughs) generally not drawn to horror movies. People who generally, you know, they don't mind them, but they're not going to the theater for Mm -hmm. horror movies. Okay, that's a a better description. Yeah. Yeah. We'll go for it, but they're not going to go for Happy Death Day to you. Fair enough. People who love horror go for Happy Death Day to you, but not your average person. See, the only part I would... Uh, not that I would say I disagree, but I would amend is the idea that the reason that this It remake did so well was because people had an affinity for the prior version. I'd say that's of of a small minority, like maybe maybe fifty percent, but like forty. I think it looked uh, so effed up that it looked so like I I don't given the number of people that we saw come to the theater every day, week in and week out. And that movie was in theaters for a while. It sustained. Mm-hmm. And they were, I guarantee they were not people who were Stephen King fans, who knew that this, like to them, this was probably something 100% brand new. They knew nothing about it other than what they had seen. Right, and I think but it's it still a unknown quantity. It's still something they've heard of. It's something that well, I think maybe they never watched before. To getting in, but I wouldn't be shocked if at least half the people that went to see it literally had no idea that it was ever a thing before. But the marketing for it, it was so out of left field, and they're like, what is this weird effed up thing with this clown? Oh my god, this looks so strange, let's go. It could be. Like, I still feel like it is more well-known than I think you're giving it credit for. Potentially. Like, I I, I feel like I... I mean, yeah, as far as movies go, I had a rather depraved childhood, and I knew about (laughs) it from the time... I can't remember a time when I didn't, you know what I mean? I can't remember an age at which I learned about it. I mean, I was reading Stephen King novels in grade school. I wasn't, you know... I was not shielded from any of this kind of thing. But I feel like... It was always something big. It was, you know, I mean, it was the big story from Stephen King that it, it's always been a big deal. And I feel like more people know that as a horror film and, you know, are aware of it as a quality piece of horror than you would expect. People go yeah. in. Knowing that it's Stephen King expecting quality. People don't show up to Friday the 13th expecting quality, so they just watch it at home. But when they're expecting something that's scary, but also Stephen King and an amazing story, regardless of the horror, they're there. Touche. Because this is a good... This is what I'll tell you, Brian, about it. If you take out the horror, it is still a good story. Okay. It, it's it's hard to explain. You can't take out the horror. But if yeah. you... You know, like, if you were... It's still a coming-of-age tale for these kids. 
and it still works as a coming-of-age tale if they're imagining all of it. Yeah. it's a good way to put it. Yeah, at this point, I'll just take the word for it. Yeah, so there's I, no, no way yeah, in hell there's could, no reason you, he's ever going to watch it anyway, but... <laughs> no, no, there's no way that he's ever... He shouldn't, but... <laughs> he shouldn't. <laughs> I mean, come on, the clown waves a severed arm at kids, like, it's not... <laughs> Like to wave, like to be creepy and wave at them. It's not, it's not for Brian. Paula, what was your favorite part of it? (laughs) Um, (laughs) Funny you should ask. I actually did read the book when I was a kid, Um, and I feel like I remember watching the TV show, the TV movie, but I, I don't know. I just didn't have a desire to see the movie, Mm -hmm. Um, and I can't remember the book at all. (laughs) So. I guess if I was less sensitive as a teenager, teenager than I am now. <laughs> now I'm squeamish. If you read the book, and yeah. you, there's one part of that book that should remain with you that thankfully they left out. Yes. Yeah, and I went through a Stephen King if, phase. I think every good reader should like read him. Oh, Stephen King tells amazing stories, yeah, even he's if a, yeah. he's depraved and crazy sometimes. But, you um, know, as it came along in the movie theaters, it's like, I really don't have a desire to see that. But, you know, that's, I mean, it might be wrong on my end, because like you were saying, it could, it's still a good story. It's still a great story. Even though it falls under the horror genre, it's still a good movie. Yeah, if you can deal with a few intense moments of gore, the story for it is incredible. You just have to deal with those few intense moments along the way. Because if you can't deal with those, they're not, they're not going anywhere. They're part right. of the story. And some people can't, and that's okay. All right. So, anything else for it? Because I I have nothing to add. <laughs> that's that's it. <laughs> uh-huh. Um. All right. Do we want to go to Josh's number six? Sure. So, uh, we had a preliminary conversation before we started recording. Uh, that there were several projects that. Brian and I were aware of, but we didn't really put into consideration for this episode because, for instance, maybe like the release dates weren't kind of made even semi-official by the studio making it or something. And so we didn't want to get burned by including it. And then it actually turns out that it's not coming out until like 2023. Um, I I completely ignored that own role for this one. <laughs> Uh, this actually doesn't even have an official title yet, but, um, there's no way I won't see it no matter when it comes out. I I think everything is pointing to a fall 19 release sometime in October, perhaps, uh, which is interesting because it's not a horror movie, has nothing to do with Halloween. Uh, it is the Tom Hanks, Mr. Rogers movie. Oh, Uh, okay. Yes. Uh, after seeing the Won't You Be My Neighbor documentary, especially, I mean, I was probably, art. you tell me Tom Hanks playing Fred Rogers, I'm goddamn in the bag already. But especially after seeing that documentary, I actually have quite a thirst, quite a desire for this film. Like, I would absolutely want to see more perspective about this guy's life and the people around him and what they created and and what they did any more insight that they want to 
give me and and I get to watch Tom Hanks do that. I mean, that's only icing on the cake. Did you see him in Saving Mr. Banks? Yes. Um, oh my gosh, he was so good. He was. He he can do anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can't think of a role that Tom Hanks has had where I was like, boy, he did shitty. <laughs> I, was like, I, I don't have that in my, that, that's not, it's not, not anywhere. So Because it doesn't exist. Yeah. I mean, you go back even to like his more goofy stuff. Like he, it's been so long since Tom Hanks has really, in all honesty, done like a comedy. I, but you go back to even well, Splash and Big and the, the Burbs. I mean, any of those from like the eighties, especially it, 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 he he just nails everything. What yeah. one of my favorites that often gets overlooked. By a lot of people, not not many have seen it again or watched it the first time because it was not as well known as the Terminal. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, that's a good I was one. Say and that one. Yeah, yeah. He is so great in transforming himself at a time when he was the most known actor there was. He's able to transform himself into that character, and yeah, cast away. It, it's mm-hmm. yeah, so good. It, Terminal, I think I caught on TV, and that's that's become sort of like a guilty pleasure movie of mine. Anytime I see it on TV, I have to sit and watch it. Yeah, you get early, early performances in that movie. Not just like Tom Hanks is amazing, but then you get like a really early shot from Diego Luna, from Zoe Saldana. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you get a couple, yeah, a couple of these people that you just at the time were really nobody, but huh. you get them there too. And if you haven't watched it, it's it's a good time to go back to it. Is that Spielberg too? Didn't Spielberg direct that? Yes. I can't remember. If it, it felt like him or Zemeckis. I couldn't figure out. I couldn't remember which one it was. Yeah, that 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 was Spielberg, and you get a, a Stanley Tucci villain, which is oh <laughs> yeah, always great. Um, as villainous as like an asshole could be. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, like I said, he's he, you know, but but it's just one of those things where. You, you take that role and you see what he can do and he can transform himself into these people and yeah, cannot wait to see him as Mr. Rogers. That's going to be a fantastic experience one way or the other. So that's supposed to come out in 2019? As far as initial things are all saying yes, because I mean, they're, they've been filming it. I mean, you know that they've been filming it around the city recently. So I can't imagine it's going to be very effects heavy or anything like that that would cause like a massive production delay. So once they get principal photography done, I would assume then they, you know, you do your location shooting, you go back somewhere else, you do your soundstage shooting if it's not in the same place, if those facilities aren't available. And then really it's just like picking out what time of year they feel is best to release it. So like I said, I think the soft rumors are, are pointing toward like a September or October, like early October release uh in 2019 um again not set in stone but that's why i laid that out at the beginning because that could change and i could be completely wrong but <laughs> uh, that's the one i'll take the gamble on because no matter when that comes out uh they will be getting my money fair enough awesome. mm-hmm. uh we'll go to paula's number six okay it's gonna be wonder woman 1984 um patty jenkins comes back to direct it's coming out in November. I think that's why it's a little lower on my list because I totally enjoyed the very first Wonder Woman. Um, and 
Kristen Wiig is going to be our villain. There's no real plot line yet. Nothing on the plot. Um, but Kristen, help me, I'm poor Wig is going to be Cheetah. <laughs> so I'm very much, and apparently Chris Pine's coming back. Um, I don't know if they're like going to age him or it's going to be like Flashbacks, Captain maybe? America and Peggy kind of thing or, you know, how they're going to take that angle. I'm very excited. I, I really hope they don't do that because that would feel so just taken right from marvel <laughs> like it would feel yeah. just like like I, I hope it's flashbacks or he's not helpless and dying at the time yeah but it's also remember we're going back to 1984 so he's not necessarily going to be old and helpless he'd be in his 60s 70s right he wouldn't but be he, like peggy who was in her survived. 90s no he'd be if he whatever if he was in his 20s during world war ii in the world 80s war he'd one. Be, Oh, right. Never mind. Never mind. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it'd be a little bit earlier. That's, yeah. I got confused. Yeah, that was no, World War One for Wonder the, Woman. One Shit. of the best ideas I heard on, on a podcast a couple of months ago, once it was revealed that he was going to be in this again, was that this would be an amazing way to introduce Martian Manhunter to the cinematic yeah. world. Okay. And there's some role that he's playing, but like, at least temporarily for a period of the film, he could say, you know, for Diana, Hey, to make, to make this more palatable for you effectively, I can take on a form that comforts you that you're familiar with, etc. And he has that shape-shifting ability yeah. and it could be, I'm, I look like Steve Trevor does, you know, is, does that, is that easier for you? Got it. Don't know See, if that would like happen. A lot of but... it. I could even see them spinning it like where she he's just a figment of her imagination. Yeah. He's hes the casualty of war for her that sent her on her adventure, so it would not surprise me if he's still just like in the back of her mind, somewhat not haunting her, mm-hmm. but the constant reminder of what happened back then and what she stands for. and Love. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Paula, not to burst your bubble, but Wonder Woman got pushed to 2020. No, it didn't. Did it, it really? Was supposed to be in december and then star wars moved to december and wonder woman said we don't want anything to do with that and they pushed it to june of 2020 i'm hurting now it's i'm in pain (laughs) so you almost get a freebie if you want to add another movie we can we can let you sub something else in um well my number my my next one was going to be captain marvel so i can throw captain marvel and number number six and i can did you have anything that was like your number Add eleven? Later. <laughs> well, that we can just like kind of bump through and go back and talk about. We can always come back to you. We don't have to. Yeah. You don't have to come up with a decision right now. Yeah, no, we'll just skip that one then. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We'll put we'll put How to Train Your Dragon in that spot. Because for okay. a second there, I'm like, yeah. fuck, I didn't put Wonder Woman on my list, so I wanted to look I did and the make same sure. Thing. Damn it! As soon and as they, they did move, as it. soon as you said that, Paula, yeah, I, I immediately. <sighs> hit the google and i'm like wait a minute how did i how did this miss me oh yeah. see on my whenever i pulled it up it came up on 2019 as like november the first release so and i if they had gone with that i actually think it would have been a fine decision instead of bumping it forward to the next year mm-hmm. just push it back like if they've already been filming for so long like is there 
really no reason that they couldn't have gotten it out like mm. six or seven weeks earlier than originally planned. I think that would be better. I actually, I, I think I'm worried that there's going to be too far of a time gap between like, will will Wonder Woman have lost some of its steam over a three year gap between movies? where something like Captain Marvel can fill the vacuum for a little bit and right. other yeah. strong female movies like are they not are they not going to have lightning in a bottle again like they did with the first one because there's there's too long in between my biggest concern with pushing it back is that's just a further date that they push back to before they scrap this whole DCU thing they have now and reboot it with somebody else in charge and make something better mm Good point. It, like, the further they push back these things, it's no offense to Wonder Woman. It, she's the shining star of what they have. It's just the the rest of what they have is I don't know, I, not polishing not a turd. Worth it. Yeah. It, <laughs> it, 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 it's you have Wonder Woman and a bunch of shit. And it, it's not, that's not good. You know, and rebuilding the universe around Wonder Woman is an idea. But it's something that they're going to have to have people accept that what they knew before is no longer true. And this is now Superman. And this is his story. And this is now this and that. They really are straggling at this point with the DCEU. And I don't know what they're going to do with it in the long, long term. But the more they push stuff out is the longer we have to deal with characters that we love not getting the movies they deserve. So we shouldn't expect uh, Joker... To be coming up on your list later? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had a discussion actually with Eric recently about myself and another friend of his who neither one of us can even remotely stand Joaquin Phoenix. Um, <laughs> for reasons I cannot describe, I can't look at him <laughs> and not want to punch him in the face. Just from looking at him. I just look at him I'm like, I just want to punch you in the face. I can't watch this man act. I can't. I just can't take it. Um, and I don't know why. So, no, Joker will not be on my list. Um, I, I think they should market the Joker as 2019's Venom. <laughs> mm, yeah. Don't say that because it'll end up making like 800 million dollars. <laughs> I know. I know. We're not, we're... Uh, Josh, coming back to the release date, we were talking about the change and stuff. Okay. The first Wonder Woman was June second, twenty seventeen. Mm -hmm. This one moved to June fifth, twenty twenty. So they're aiming for the same type of release date. If they just, they, I don't know if they're thinking they just had success the first time, yeah. so around that time again they can still hit it. But I still agree with you guys. I think moving away from these summer release dates is the smarter move. Whether moving it up or even just putting it into Mar like, even if this released alongside Captain Marvel, or like two weeks before Captain Marvel, mm -hmm. that would be a kick in the teeth for Marvel. Yeah. Would it? I think you're going to get that first two weeks for Wonder Woman really well. Once Captain Marvel hits, you know, two weeks into Wonder Woman's release, you might see, like, Captain Marvel might end up making more that opening weekend, but I think that could take a big chunk out of what Captain Marvel would do if it's in March by itself without anything really competing against it. If the Oh, if sure, yeah, I mean, it's going to take a chunk out of it, but, I, I mean, isn't it even more of a slap in the face to DC that a much lesser, extremely lesser known superhero would outperform Wonder Woman for them at the box well, office. That's the thing. I, think, I think they would I think assume DC that it would, knows that, I think DC knows that they have a hit with Wonder Woman. They're they're betting hard on Wonder Woman. So I think they would actually take that bet with putting Wonder Woman, who everyone knows from 
last year that made a really good movie that made a shit ton of money versus a somewhat unknown character yeah. for the MCU, but people want to see it just because it's the MCU. I yeah, I I could see that if they if they had to go close together, you figure Wonder Woman has the built-in name recognition and like a lot of movies there are people who went to see Wonder Woman who could not give two shits about comic book movies or right. anything else, but it's a strong female lead and they know that name. So the, there's the core audience that are going to go see both movies no matter what. But there's a yeah. but there's a big, uh, and I I would venture to guess, I, you know, Paula especially, tell me if you think I'm, I'm incorrect here. I think there's a big female contingent that would much easy, much more easily be persuaded to go see a sequel to Wonder Woman as opposed to Captain Marvel, who they know nothing about, is not a household name. But they already have oh, yeah. they already have a recent movie. They know Gal Gadot is an actress. Mm-hmm. And so if those were two weeks apart and they decide I'm only gonna go see Well, let's 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 put it this way. Since there is no Wonder Woman for another year and a half. Now you do have a vacuum. So maybe some of those people are now going to go see Captain Marvel who really sure. wouldn't other- otherwise care because you're filling the void left in the market for those people. But put up against each other, Captain Marvel is already going to make a lot of money. The only thing Wonder yeah. Woman would do is siphon off a certain percentage of the certain female audience who would go see Wonder Woman over Marvel very easily but DC hasn't given them something in that market to fill. There's I'm a even huge, thinking yeah. kind of like oh sorry Paula. No, there's a like you were saying Josh there's a huge female fan base for this. Um, we're talking about a whole bunch of women Amazons living on an island. Yes. <laughs> there's a huge female like empowerment movement with this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, that's absolutely amazing. And that's why we're all like waiting for the next one. I'm even thinking just lowest common den- denominator. If someone goes to the theater and just looks at the titles, Wonder Woman is your female led superhero. Captain Marvel. There's nothing in that title that says this is a female led superhero movie. True. I agree. I'm just pointing out that there's, I think a certain number of people that have seen both Batman versus Superman and Justice League and Wonder Woman and have said, I don't know if I want to put, you know, like I, I that are going to be really the, hesitant. The numbers, the, the box office returns for Wonder Woman proves that there are people that saw neither of those movies and went straight to Wonder Woman. True. Yeah. Good point. And if all of those people show up for the sequel, regardless of when it's released, it's going to make a shit ton of money. I, like I said, I, just, yeah. I hope it carries its momentum if it's going to be I feel like sequels, the direct sequel after a really big hit traditionally makes more money than the first one. Can they sustain that for a trilogy and make the third movie have more money than the, than the sequel? That's where it starts to go downhill. But the sequel always seems like it makes more than the first one. That's That's my where my head's at, anyway. But again, this is all hypothetical because they're three, four months apart. Or no, they're no, they're, they're not even years. <laughs> they're like yeah. sixteen months apart. I'm still thinking it was 2019. You're right. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, that argument's kind of mute. We just got to see how it plays. I don't even know. Of course, that it takes some digging to see what's coming out in 2020 around Wonder Woman, but... Well, we I, don't I know think... what Marvel's putting out yet, so... Yeah. So, I'm sure Wonder Woman will be safe where it's at. I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to be fine. Um... Yeah, all right, so we got sort of sidetracked on that one. Um, I guess we'll move on to mine number six, which we already talked about, was Spider-Man Far From Home. So we already covered that one. All right, so we've rounded out the sixes. That brings us back to Mike for number five. My number five was Godzilla King of Monsters. Okay. So, Anything to add for that, or are you good? Yeah, we talked about it. I'll pass it along to Josh. Mike, you said, going back to that, you said you hadn't seen the trailer for that yet? The newest Not one? Not the newest one, no. I, okay. I do want to check that out. Probably yeah, I'll be curious immediately at the end of the show, I'll probably be watching yeah. that because I wasn't aware a new one had come out. <laughs> okay. It was, yeah, I would say it was with like within, what, the last four days, maybe? Yeah, something like Like, week that. at the most. Okay. It was definitely sometime earlier this week, so two or three days ago, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, Josh, number five from you. Uh, I'm going to kick the baton down further, too, because my number five is the Lego movie two, the second part. Yeah. <laughs> See, I'm I'm, I'm in Paula's good graces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're my favorite, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your favorite um, super friend. Favorite. Paula, coming back to you for number five. Um, Captain Marvel. Okay. Uh, anything to add for that one? I think we already talked about that. Uh, I love that she has a mohawk and a cat. <laughs> Fair point. A flaming mohawk. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I needed to interject there. A flaming mohawk. Fingers, fingers in your ear, Josh. Fingers in your ear. <laughs> it's okay. Oh, oh crap! I'm so sorry. He it's asked okay. me to add things. <laughs> I just, I just went. I just went there. I'm so sorry. I can not expect the world to and. Entirely indulge me and, and adhere to this, so it is fine. I'll just change my profile picture to Captain Marvel, so it'll be like she was going to spoil it anyway. So. <laughs> uh, coming around to my, mo- you know, Paula, you and I, I think, have some of the well, at least twice now, where we've matched up the same ones. Captain Marvel is my number five as well. Awesome. So that brings us back around to Mike for number four. Um, you can. Bring on the hate for this only being number four. Uh, Avengers Endgame is my number four. Um, I'm only shocked that it's not at the lowest number two. Because I can't... I I, I know what is above it at least one. The other two, I cannot (laughs) even think. That's the intrigue. Um, But... (laughs) The game is a Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So... Obviously, Remember, no, no trailer stuff. Right. No, I'm just going to say, obviously, everybody wants to see Avengers Endgame. This is a movie that, we, again, we waited so long to get to the last Avengers movie. They end that on a cliffhanger for everybody. Now we get to come into the new one, presumably with some more information from Captain Marvel of some sort of what she's going to mean for this movie. Um... We would, at least in some way, how she's going to connect to it. Because she's obviously going to connect to it. So, we're going to get the culmination of all of this. And 
I think the only reason that this is not... I feel like I have to defend it not being higher on my list at this point. <laughs> you do. Um, <laughs> you're on trial. I feel like the reason that this is number four and not number one or number two... Um, we all know what my number one is. We don't have to have any, you know, illusions about Venom that. Venom 2. Yes. Um, <laughs> but this movie, I feel like... I know the ending already. Um, I don't. Do you? Come on, man. <laughs> what they lose again? Um, I'm not saying that. I, th- I, f- I still. I, we've talked about it before. I think there will be casualties at the end of this. I'm just. Yeah. I. 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 I, 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 I can agree with nuances that. of the resolution or what I'm interested in. Yes, yeah. exactly. The specific nuances, but I feel like I'm not going to be surprised by anything that happens. Okay. Um, with or without the trailer. Yes, we saw the trailer, Josh. I'm going to tell you, you can watch this trailer safely. There's not a damn thing that's going to be spoiled for you in this trailer. I told him that, too. I, um, I to just don't... I, the thing that I enjoyed about all of the like media blackouts that I, I've been trying the last couple of years is literally not having seen one image. Everything is fresh. There's not one little scene I, that I'm not familiar with the lighting or the look on an actor's face, what what Fair. I think they're reacting to. Like, I mean, th- so there's like a very specific reason that I have, and it's been enjoyable thus far, but I do appreciate the like honest critique of what they're showing. Yeah. They're, they're intentionally showing you nothing. Like they're showing you things that, you know, maybe to a lesser fan would be like, Oh, that, or, Oh, this, but to us, it's like, yeah, no shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so, all that being said, without the trailer, with the trailer, this is still in the same slot for me. Simply because of that factor that there's just not a lot of unknowns that are going to come out of this for me. Um, things we've known about the Marvel Universe for a long time are going to come to fruition at the end of this, and they're either going to re-sign these people or not, and probably not. Um, you know, we've known for a long time that if they're going to re-sign somebody, it's probably going to be Chris Hemsworth. We pretty much know Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans are done. We don't, you know, like, we, we, we get these things that we know, and it's all coming to this end game with this movie. And... I don't think there's going to be any shockers in there for me in any way. It's not that I don't want to see it. Obviously, it's number four. In another year, you know, it it, it could be higher. But I am in a state where I'm just kind of cathartic about it. Where I'm like, okay, it's going to end. We're going to get all this stuff we know we've been going to get for a long time. And... I'm less excited for this than I was for the last one. Hmm. All right. Strangely. Because it's I don't end. ask me to explain why, but <laughs> I just, it's just how I feel. So. Well, yeah, it definitely it's going to make my list uh, a little Spoilers. bit higher than yours. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm going to talk about it, so. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I think 
it, it's higher on my list, I think, just being the culmination, sort of like what you said, the culmination of 10 years worth of stuff that has been building to this moment, regardless of whether or not we sort of know the outcome or not. Because I don't, th- I don't think it can end on a complete downer. Like, there's, there's going to be some resolution where this ties off, for the most part, fairly neatly. But it's still a journey that I've been on for 10 years, and goddammit, I'm excited to see how it ends. <laughs> I agree. Truth. Uh, Josh and Paul, I don't know if you guys want to add anything. I uh, The trailer angered me because I like to see more, but um, <laughs> I like it. That's what I appreciated about the yeah. trailer. I like yeah. not seeing anything. I, 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 I like to keep it. So I don't like surprises. You guys know that about me. So the more information, the merrier. So I um no, it left me a little wanting, but that's just me personally. Mike, just moving forward, are you going to watch any more trailers? No. Okay, so Paula, you're on, on on your own. Any other trailers that come out? I think the three of us are avoiding from here on out. Okay. So you can't even come to us and say, <laughs> "What about this? What does this mean?" I, I watched. I will this. remember that. <laughs> I watched this first one, and I didn't know whether or not I spoiled it, Josh, by saying that it was titled Endgame. I didn't know if you knew that yet. Um, I, I figured the title is... I mean, the title is only going to reveal so much, and like that would be unavoidable, so... Okay. I, that's the only reason I actually watched this t- trailer, was to see what the title was going to be. It was just like, they're going to reveal the title here, so let's see what they're going to call it. Mm-hmm. And it's Endgame, and you're like, okay... Not unexpected. True. Josh, I don't know how much you want to add having not seen anything <laughs> from it. Yeah, I mean, that's something like su- substantially, like materially, there's not a whole lot I could I could really reference to talk about. But, um, uh, I mean, Infinity War was my number one anticipated last year, well, for the current year, I guess, in 2018. Um, it's been everything. It's like that they've, continue to put together something that continues to build and uh you know the the resolution of the first part of the story that they laid is uh i I, i'm actually even more curious to know what this movie's about because i knew what the first movie was about i knew enough about infinity gems and the gauntlet to know generally what it was going to be I was actually shocked that they got through the whole arc of what they did in Infinity War. I thought all of that was going to be both movies. So I actually don't, while I could guess certain potential outcomes in the end of, of what will come out of Endgame, the story itself, I, I actually don't have any clue what the story is going to be so i'm actually really excited to find that out that's something yeah i can i can relate to that too where, where mike said we might have an idea where the outcome is like where this movie is going to end but how we get there yeah. is the part that's really going to interest me because i don't know where they go from here uh, to, to get there and what they put in between with the it, yeah so yeah i'm i'm with you josh i'm gonna get that bumper sticker um, uh all right josh we'll go on to your number four uh okay my number four has already also been talked about it is glass oh all right Uh, split left a good enough impression on me um and given the gamut of other things coming up next year i'm really eager to see how he puts this all together 
Good deal. Uh, Paula, yes. number four. Yes, so my number four is Toy Story 4. Um, nice. Yeah. I'm glad that made someone's list because oh my gosh. It, it's on my like immediate honorable mentions, <laughs> and I didn't know if it would make anyone else's 10 proper, so I'm glad it's here. Oh, it's my Spoiler number four. Spoiler alert, it's my number four as well. Oh, oh. my gosh. Twinsies. <laughs> like, Twinsies. I know. D- it, almost a shoe in to be number three grossing movie of the year. Yeah. There's Fair a enough. plastic spoon, and I'm here for it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I was looking through the list of people, and it looks like Keanu Reeves is going to be in this one. <laughs> I did hear that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Michael Keaton is back is Ken. I love that. Um, <laughs> so Barbie and Ken are going to be back. Um, Tony Hale is in it, so I wonder if he is oh. the spoon with the existential crisis. So, um, <laughs> yeah, and then there was a trailer. That we saw the one with, like, the um, Joni Mitchell song, but there was also another trailer that had Key and Peele in it. Um, yes. Yeah, they were, I like... I loved that, that one. That was amazing. There was, like, a little, like, hang tag sticking out of his head, where he uh-huh. would, like, plastic ha- tag where he would hook onto the wall, which I thought was hilarious. Like, the detail was just amazing, <laughs> but there... Um, yeah, that one, that was a fun trailer, too. So, yes, we know how the third one ended. Like, we almost, like, lost all of our Toy Story friends. Spoiler, if anyone has not seen it. I <laughs> grabbed my husband's sleeve, and I'm like, this is not ending this way. Like, everybody <laughs> had that same reaction. Like, oh, my God, is this really ending this way? This can't possibly be ending this way. And it did scars so many kids with that ending. And adults, hello. I, yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm really excited. Yeah. And who would have thought we were getting a fourth one? This every, As soon as it was announced, everyone was super excited about it. So, um, yes, Toy Story 4 is coming out in June, and it is my number four. Yeah, the Toy Story movies are still, like, top tier for, like, animated franchises and stuff for me. I love those movies. So, yeah, I'm with Paula. Whenever they announce the fourth one, I am on board. I don't care what it's about. I am there. <laughs> Sign me up. Take my money. Yeah, I'm sure this one at the end of this movie will wreck me as well. Yeah. So I'm fully expecting that. Uh, anybody else? Toy Story 4? Uh, Nothing right I now. will definitely okay. be there for it, I know. Yeah. I I think I was... I, I thought that the story elements of the third one were so strong that you had not only like handing them off to a younger generation, Andy's, you know arc is kind of completed it felt like it ended in a good place and yeah it had a lot of like like left turns that it took at times and then it course corrected and but like that was on purpose i'm a little skeptical as to how enjoyable the story of a fourth one will be um i i don't know they haven't really hit any duds so far admittedly and all of their, you know, animated stuff uh, continues to do well. Um, I was extremely happy with, like, The Incredibles 2, for instance. You know, mm-hmm, so... That was yeah. so good. So many years afterwards. So not to say that they can't come back to something and, and find, you know, a good way to continue the story. Um, I just thought that the third one had such strength to it and, and left off at such a logical point that I'm not... I think, for me, there might be a struggle to get me back into care as much as I did about the characters okay. as I did in, in the second and third ones. Did you see yeah. inside out Josh? Yes. Um, did you cry? Uh, I, mean, I 
Yeah, you asked me if I saw Inside Out. Yeah. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, I totally forgot. So, um, same director. So I. Oh, okay. Yeah. So as soon as I, because I was researching a little bit because I didn't know, you know, the cast of the director. So the same director who did Inside Out, and oh my gosh, that movie was just phenomenal. So, which gives me hopefully a little bit more inspiration to to go see it. But okay. That's another movie that wrecked me, too. Oh, my God. So much. <laughs> Bing pong. Bing pong. <laughs> uh, shout out to Eric Beresford, because the two of him, him and I went to go see it in the theater inside <laughs> out with a bunch of kids. And there we are at the end of the movie, bawling with all these kids in the theater, these two grown-ass <laughs> adults. Yeah, that was our movie-going experience. Um all right, my number four was Toy Story 4. That brings us back to Mike for number three. Okay, I, I said to you guys before the show that I had, you know, a couple of movies that could be number one, and I feel like from four on down, they were all in consideration for number one, to be completely honest. Um, this being the next one, because I'm going to say three people's names to you, and if you're not wanting to go see this movie just from those three names, I don't know how you're into movies but we're gonna start with leonardo dicaprio brad pitt and quentin tarantino this is called once upon a time in hollywood you put those three people together i am going to be there um it doesn't matter what the story is even though this is the story of some hollywood stuntmen um and their struggle to survive in their careers during a time that stuntmen were becoming extinct because of computer-generated graphics and things along that line. They were becoming, as far as what I've read of the synopsis, that's the general idea, um, is that they're stuntmen struggling for work. Um, Well, I think that's the... That's, like, the front-facing part of it, but, like, the the backdrop story is happening during... Uh, the Manson murders. Yes. Yeah, I was... Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry, I didn't it, mean to... Okay. It, well, it, it's a Quentin Tarantino film. Mm-hmm. So, we know what we're getting into here. It's going to be either a home run or a pop foul. It's... It, it, it You know, Quentin Tarantino goes from Django Unchained to The Hateful Eight. Yeah. And Django Unchained was a masterpiece, in my opinion. And the hateful eight was take it or leave it. Um, yeah, yeah, I can see that. Uh, so now he's coming back in this one, and it, it I don't know, like it, it to me is something where you could put any story synopsis with those three names, and I'm still going to be there. Um, but putting it alongside the Manson murders. I, you know what, I'm just, I'm sold. Um, th- there's not a whole lot to say at this time until we see it, because it is a Tarantino movie and we don't know <laughs> Good point. what the hell's going to happen. So, there's no trailers or anything either, right? Nothing. Not as of yet. I've seen any trailers. No. Not as of yet, but there will be, and this movie will be big, because again, you're putting... Personally, my two favorite actors in with one of my favorite directors. And that's going to be tough to top for me. 
Yeah. But I still have two that do top it. So. <laughs> um. Yeah. I. Uh, anybody else want to chime in on this? Because I got nothing for this one. I don't really know too much about it. I don't. I. I don't watch a lot of Tarantino films, so I can't really give an opinion too much on it. Uh, I mean, it didn't make my ten, but it's definitely on my calendar. Um, I'm definitely in the bag for Tarantino. Uh, I haven't seen anything of his that I haven't liked a whole lot. Paula, anything to add? Not that, not a thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, Mike, just let me know if you like it, because it sounds like that when you were talking about the premise of it, it sounded really interesting. Um, but I would like to know more about it. We will eventually know more about it. I think it's yeah. slated for late this year. Uh, next year. Not this year, obviously. Okay. Um, but I'm not certain of that. I would have to look that up. Uh, well, I think it's going to be interesting to watch, like, undoubtedly, two of some of the most memorable characters that... Well, a- actors portraying some of the most memorable characters from his movies of the past. Um, Brad Pitt playing the the Nazi uh you know fighting soldier from Inglorious Bastards and Leo's role as the you know slave owner from Django kind of mashing them together in something and I, off the top of my head I can't think of a movie the two of them have ever been in before not together but to add to that pot for people that may need more you also have Margot Robbie, Dakota mm-hmm. Fanning, Al Pacino, Damian Lewis, and Tim Roth. And Kurt Russell. And Kurt Russell. Timothy Oliphant. Uh, Emile Hirsch. Michael Madsen. Tim Luke Roth. Perry. <laughs> He's got like um, his, yeah, like his all-star typical people coming back that do a lot of his projects, plus a lot of good new faces. Yes. And... Looks like August 9th, Mike. August 9th. So. That's a good slot for that. I think that, yeah. That's a good time. Yeah, and. I don't know. Like, for me. How can you go wrong with, with everything that's going on in this film? So. We shall see. About the only person that you'd expect to see there that's not in this film is Samuel Jackson. <laughs> Ironic. So. <laughs> Or or Uma Thurman, yeah. All right, good deal, good deal. Uh, Josh, number three. Okay, um, this might be on someone else's list, but I I am not entirely sure. But John Wick Chapter Three. Wow, I really enjoyed the second one. I thought it was a very strong sequel outing. After the first one was such a sort of a, a sleeper hit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I forget, I couldn't find it off, uh, off the top of my head, but whatever the subtitle was that they announced for chapter three a couple of months ago that I thought was the stupidest thing in the world, <laughs> uh, especially since you call the second one chapter two. Yeah. Or are they not calling this chapter three? I still thought they were. 
uh, I'd have to go back and look at the news stories. I could have sworn a, about three or four months ago it was in like a, a subtitle was announced, and it was not just simply chapter three. They might have changed yeah, that okay. and backtracked without a lot of of, of PR around it, but. When right. you call something chapter two, for instance, and then you just don't continue that as you go forward. It is called John Wick 3, Parabellum. Parabellum, that, yeah. That not only, like I said, changing the dynamic of the, the formula you've already established is weird, but, like, why the hell would you call it something so strange? Yeah. They're going, all right, so A, and then two, um, we're going to, they're just changing that up on you. It's strange, but I don't think yeah, that's it, going to affect Is it like a director change or film. something? Is that why they changed the title? Like, added that subtitle? Um, no. One of the director doing this is, I believe, one of the co-directors of Chapter 2. Okay. Uh, no, I'm sorry. He's the director of the first one. Okay. Yeah, then I'm not, yeah that makes no sense, but Whatever. Actually, I need to correct that. There were two directors in the first movie. One of those directors, I believe, went off and made Deadpool 2. The other guy... And the other one did Atomic Blonde, right? I believe so, and now he's coming... And now he's coming back for number three. Okay. Can't readily see who directed... Chapter 2 was... Just this guy, okay. So one guy was a co-director on ch- on the the first movie. He's the sole director on chapters two and three. Okay, right. but yeah, it is staying together. But 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 then that also leads to your question: Was there like a director change or something? No. <laughs> so All I right. don't know why, but I thought that would have been an easy explanation as to why they suddenly added a weird subtitle. Yeah. But... Uh, but I don't know. I I remember kind of gushing over the second one when we reviewed it and doing our 2017 list. And um, yeah, I, I think just the, I think these movies are very original. They're kind of keeping it fresh. It's very unapologetic in its filmmaking. It just, it is what it is. Um, it, it, it's a, it's a, it's kind of like Neo to me in that Keanu Reeves takes on some of these projects and just accidentally finds this very natural fit. Yeah. For himself. And I think he very much easily walks into this role of John Wick and it just works. So, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. and that, and that's in this, this was the one that I mentioned earlier that I believe both previous movies, chapter one and two, were both February releases. And now they've moved this one to May. Yeah. And I, maybe, I mean, we've talked about a lot of other stuff coming out in February of 2019 already. So maybe they saw that and thought it was getting a little crowded, but but they're going really close to Endgame on this one then. Yeah. They're right in between that. They're right on the cusp of right like they're 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 the week before Aladdin. You know, yeah, they're See, yeah, that's not a good. Yeah, May May is not a good spot for this movie. I mean, I'll be there to support it. Uh I just hope it doesn't suffer too much from that choice financially. Yeah. Yeah, I I love the other two. I know we've talked about the other two on numerous occasions on the show. Yes. Uh, this actually squeaked out of my top ten. Yeah. I know it's coming. I'm looking forward to it. But I think not having a trailer kept it from being at the forefront of my mind when making my list. Yeah. But yeah, I'm I'm still still definitely looking forward to it. 
Uh, Paul, anything to add? Have you seen any of the John Wick movies? I, I've Is that never up your wicked. alley? No, I've never okay. wicked. I've heard that a dog dies, so I was, yeah, I don't know how how I feel about that. Just cut the first 15 oh minutes. God. Uh, but I just watched him and Sandy Bullock in the lake house, and boy, that was delightful, so. <laughs> probably, Is that more your speed for Keanu? Probably the same kind of script, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> Indistinguishable. Yeah, that's you, more. You know, that's I'm more not sure Keanu which one I'm I watching. Need. Yeah, I, I flip it on, and I'm not. I have to say to myself, "Is this John Wick or the Lake House?" I'm. I have to. <laughs> takes me a minute to figure it out. Yes. Yeah, I'm more of the Hallmark movie channel, Keanu Reeves. <laughs> fair point. Fair Thank point. Thank you. Um. All right. So we'll move on to Paul. Your number three. My number three is, in fact, Endgame. That. Ooh, okay. Yeah. So that is my number three. I'm very excited to see it. I'm very angry at the trailer. Um, I already tried to like zoom in and pick it apart about 30 times. So yeah, <laughs> I tried that I... too. There's just yeah. not much there. <laughs> there like I, I slowed it down. I was looking for little snippets or anything. There's not a whole lot, but so. I was never a huge Marvel. Um, this part of Marvel, I was more of X-Men growing up than I was, you know, Captain America and whatnot. So like, it took me a while to get into this, but now that I'm here, I am just, I'm happy. I'm sad. I'm really excited to see this movie. So well, this might lead us down a sign tangent, but what do you think of the X-Men movies then? If you were more of an X-Men fan? Um, I love them. I loved, I haven't been watching the new ones with the younger, but, um, anything with, um, um, John McAvoy and I love the, like the retro X-Men movies. Um, okay. Yeah. So any of the X-Men movies, I've seen all of them coming up except for all of the new ones. As in like the, like with James McAvoy and all that stuff? You haven't seen any of those? No, the or... ones after that. Like the, the, I guess maybe the ones coming out with like the youthful group or the TV shows or anything like that. Like I haven't watched any of those X-Men Oh, movies, oh like the but... spinoffs, like, like the Runaways? Yeah. Like those anything, ones? And anything... Oh, you mean, okay, you mean TV shows. Yeah, and I guess whatever okay, like okay. movie maybe is coming up or coming out New or mutants. the one, yeah, the New Mutants and then the one where... Um, Dark Phoenix. Yes, thank you. Um, but any of the ones before, I've, I've seen them all. So it took me a while to get okay. into like the Marvel, but then, you know, after I got there, I was like, yeah, this is the best thing ever. So yeah, <laughs> Endgame is my number three. Cool, cool. Uh, come around to my number three. My number three is Shazam. Oh wow! Whoa! Wasn't expecting. And that. I'm not surprised. A that lot it of made it, it, but that high. Wow. A lot of it is my love for Zachary Levi and seeing his transformation into a DC superhero is something I just God damn it, I want to see it. And it looks <laughs> like the most fun DC movie we're gonna get. I mean, Aquaman looks like it's got some fun to it. Wonder Woman was fairly serious. Yeah. This just looks like it's going to be stupid. Not stupid fun, but just fun. Really fun. And I'd like, I want to see DC take a lighter tone. I think this could be another redeeming movie for me, for them. And I'd, I'd love to see Zachary Levi come back as this character playing with the other, like, the idea of him and Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman and even Jason Momoa's Aquaman and stuff being on screen together and even if they bring back Henry Cavill's Superman and stuff, that's something I want to see that team up. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. And just the, I, the trailer, the first trailer that I'd seen for this, I think they still only have one trailer for this. Um, 
just it really won me over. I was not sure what to expect, and that trailer I I really really enjoyed. So that's got me hyped. It's definitely an honorable mention for me, and for the same reason that you just said. It looks like DC taking a lighter tone, which is something they really really need to do. Yeah, and I'm hoping it's not a failure at taking that lighter tone. I'm hoping yeah. that it's quality, that it comes out good, and that they don't try and work in that dark tone somehow. I mean, this has a very good chance to end up on my disappointment list for 2019 if it, you know, because it's that high on my anticipated list. If it does not live live up to that expectation, yeah, it could very well end up on the wrong Zachary list. Zachary Levi has such an amazing personality, though. I know. <laughs> it's probably going to be fantastic, yeah. I love him so much. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't know if anybody else wants to chime in. Open floor. No, I totally forgot about it until you just said it at this moment. Okay. <laughs> Should we throw it into your vacant number six? Sure, spot? I'd love that. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a perfect number six. Uh, Josh, anything to add for Shazam? Not a ton. Um, same thing. I, I, I it, it wasn't going to make my cut uh because i i i I think sort of what you said it has too much of a potential to either surprise and and entertain in like a fun innocent yet effective way or it could fall really badly on its face yeah and yeah these other than wonder woman as we've been discussing like dc's track record just doesn't leave me like if they stopped making movies i for a while like i wouldn't care (laughs) like the fact that they are like i'll go and i'll try to support them like in a couple weeks like in a week or two like am i gonna see aquaman yes so i'll support them but if they weren't there would i be very sad no i I agree fair point I figure if I've put Independence Day Resurgence on my top ten list before, I can, <laughs> you can, roll I can the take dice. a risk with Shazam. Yeah, I'd, yeah, that's fair. Um, Alright, so we'll bring it back down to Mike for your number two. My number two is Zombieland 2. Uh, Zombieland, hands down, makes my top three movies of the 2000s. Um came out in 2009 and it just it did so much that you did not expect it to do going into the movie um my favorite bill murray cameo in any movie ever <laughs> is in zombie land um and i i think it it offers such a good representation of what the genre of zombies is really all about, or apocalyptic movies is really all about. It's not about zombies. It's about the people. It's about the the relationships that people develop when the world falls apart and all we have left is each other, all our material needs and everything are useless to us and the world is just open to us to be you know free even though we still have to deal with zombies but 
and the job that Woody Harrelson did in the first one specifically mm-hmm. it is so damn good. And the fact that, you know, this is a sequel done right, they're coming back to something that was so popular, and they got the whole cast to sign back on, with the exception, of course, of Bill Murray, whose character is dead. Right. Um, <laughs> spoilers. <laughs> spoilers, yes. Um, so, when they come back, and, like, at first when they announced Zombieland 2, it was like, okay, we'll see. And then they say, no, we got Woody Harrelson, Jesse Eisenberg, Emma Stone, and uh, Abigail Breslin all back. It's instantly like, okay, you have the whole main cast back. I'm 100% in, and I cannot wait. Um, Not just the cast. Didn't they get the writers back, too? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's everybody. And the writers went on a few years later to make uh, a little picture called Deadpool. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just... I could never tell you enough about Zombieland or how many times I have watched that movie. <laughs> um, I, I, honestly, th- there's three movies from that decade that I would say I've watched more than any other three. And that is Zombieland, Shaun of the Dead, and Hot Fuzz. <laughs> Those three movies I've watched more than any others from that era. Like, you know, and I just... <sighs> you guys cry at... Toy Story and things like that. I cry when Woody Harrelson is mourning his child. Mm. And, you know, when Tallahassee is like, it's revealed that it wasn't a puppy, it was a kid. And, you know, but just everything from the first one. I can't wait to see what the new rules that have been added to the survival book are going to be for this movie. I can't wait to see, you know... Does Columbus get over his fear of clowns in the bathroom? <laughs> you know, it, it, it's it's these little things about the characters that make them what they are in the in those movies that are it's just so damn well done. And in any other year, this would be my number one film. Um, but we all know what number one is, and unfortunately for Zombieland Two, it just comes in <laughs> the wrong year. <laughs> Uh, to make that number one. So, yeah. So, my first immediate two thoughts are, I hate you because I should have gone first in the order, because that's my number two as well. (laughs) (laughs) And you stole my my surprise thunder. I didn't know if you were going to go there or not, but uh, I thought I'd have, like, the real big dark horse on the list. (laughs) (laughs) Um... But the other thing is, I'm hoping, like, since they're finally coming back to it ten years later, that they finally officially release something, whether it's, like, a poster or a little pamphlet, a book, something to tie into the movie that officially lists all the rules. That was the only thing I was bummed about that I thought was so charming about the first you movie. Don't, you don't know? What's that? You don't have the Zombies Survival Guide by Max Brooks? That's what that movie's based on. Well, so I have read that, but I didn't... They, it was legit based off of that. But his isn't, like, his... The way that he wrote it up, like, to me, it didn't as easily translate as directly, like... So well, it, number it, it, one, two, three. Yeah, I know yeah. what you're saying. Like, so you you want a numbered actual full just list to some degree. Like, what what I thought was really charming about Wedding Crashers 
for instance, was during college, that movie comes out and a lot of people then in their, you know, dorm rooms, apartments, uh, their first, you know, places they live after school, you know, they had, oh, the crashers rules, you know, yeah. that, that they had up there. That's something like if, if they put that out for Zombieland and here's, you know, Tallahassee's, uh, uh, you know, 40 rules, then, or I'm not, I'm not Tallahassee, uh, Columbus? Columbus. Columbus yeah. is 30, you know, 30 or 40 rules. I would absolutely buy that and hang it up. I, you know what? I would love to have just the ornaments to put around a room the way they had like number 40 <laughs> limber up, like after like Tallahassee tweaks his knee and it's just like limber up and you could just like, put it on top of something just so that it's in the background and nobody notices, but it's there just like in the film. I like Have it. them as ornaments all around your house. Uh, yeah. So I haven't actually, well, I, I haven't seen the unedited version. I've caught this first zombie land on TV. It's really the only way I've watched it so far, which I enjoyed, but I think I've only seen it maybe one, probably the one time on television. So I haven't really revisited it in a while. So I kind of overlooked this sequel, to be honest. See, I think that's the palatable way that you need horror presented to you. Yeah. And, and I, I think it's, like, the way that you, you would enjoy it. Um, it's one that, like, I knew of the movie. I heard a lot of people talking about it. I never went out of way, my way to see it. And one time, just happened to catch it flipping the channels. I was like, all right, you know what? I'll sit down and start watching this and see what this is mm -hmm. about. Sort of be in on the conversation that way. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I liked it. I should actually... So make it a point to watch it again. So uh, this is a question I have about the edited version. And I know you're not going to be into like, there's gore in the other version, but in the edited version, do you get the opening sequence of for whom the bell tolls playing with <laughs> the whole sequence going? That's just a complete and utter like metaphor of all the things wrong in our society while that's happening. See, now it's been a while, so I don't even remember that sequence very well. It, it the the one that, the one sequence of it that makes me think that it's definitely not is there's actually a part where there's a zombie stripper running with like pasties on, chasing down what looks to be oh yeah, a, a, like an obviously married man running away from the strip club with money still in his hand, not willing to let go <laughs> of the money while he's running away from the stripper, even though the end of the world's obviously happening around him. Um. But th there's much more in that opening sequence where it's like, it prepares you for the broader strokes that are going to be presented to you that, you know, like, it, it touches on so many ridiculous things about our society just in that brief little yeah, snippet. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't vividly remember that, but then again, maybe I tuned in just after that or something, like, maybe I missed the very beginning. Yeah. So I don't know if I saw it and don't remember it, or just completely missed that part of the movie, tuning in on television. Fair enough. Uh, Paul, anything to add for Zombieland? Wow, so much. I have so much to say about <laughs> Zombieland. No, I've never seen it. But I feel like you could probably be like um, someone who should be like an app on my Nook or my Kindle and be like, <laughs> if you like Shaun of the Dead, you will like Zombieland. Because I love Shaun of the Dead. <laughs> like, to me, that's not a horror flick. Like, to me, that's like a Oh, Zombieland Peg. is not horror. Yeah, like, I just... 
I've never seen it, but I've never, but I love everything Simon Pegg. So like, if you're like, well, if you like this, you would like this. Would you like some yeah. fries with your shake? Yes, I would. <laughs> so like, maybe I've overlooked it, but it's because, you know, I didn't think it would be something I would like. But if it's, you know, kind of like that same genre, like you would enjoy this, I might be more well, apt to, I mean, to see it. I mean, one, it Edgar Wright kind of has his own thing. It's kind of his own genre, I would say, and what he does with Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. is beautiful. But it's poetry. I agree. <laughs> yeah. So I wouldn't call it that genre. This is a much more grounded, I think, than what Edgar Wright did with those movies. Okay. Mm, yeah, okay. Um, but it is not a horror film. Okay. Like, there's zombies in it, but... They're not the story. Like, yeah. getting away and from zombies it, is not the story at all. It's not as much of, like, in the way that Shaun of the Dead kind of, like, deconstructs the zombie movie genre in the way that it then kind of turns it on its head a little bit to make fun of it, but also be, like, dark comedy. It doesn't do that as much. It's still dark comedy set against the background of a zombie world. Um, but yeah, it it doesn't, it just doesn't necessarily approach it in the way that like the filmmakers were, like I said, like looking at a bunch of other zombie movies and thinking, how can we comment on zombie movies and the way they've been made in the past while also telling something funny? Like there's very little in, in Zombieland that I think relies on addressing tropes. Right. About zombies or zombie movies to make its joke or make its point. But, uh, it, it still definitely has that, you know, we're, we're telling you a scary story entirely in, uh, through the lens of, you know, a, obscene humor. Okay. I like it. <laughs> yeah. So that's another one, Paula. If you end up watching that, you can report back. Okay. <laughs> Zombieland is, is not to be Netflix? missed. <laughs> I don't know. I I'll find it. I'm not sure. <laughs> it's something else we get research. Yeah. Um, Paula, I guess what's your number two? Okay, so I would like to set the scene. Uh, <laughs> the year is 2013. A small independent movie that comes out in the wintertime. It is called Frozen. You guys may have heard of it. Mm. Um, yes. So it brings in um, almost $1.3 billion at the box office. Um, there's been two shorts that have come out. And apparently at the end of 2019, we will finally be getting Frozen 2. Um, <laughs> I stalked Frozen before it was even a movie. I have followed the concept art. I have the book of the concept art. I love this flippin' movie. And so does every other little girl in America pretty much knows <laughs> Let It Go. It is a beautiful story. It's a just about sisterly love and it's coming out. The sequel is coming out. It is my number two. It will be out in November. Do you know anything about the plot for this nothing. movie? Because I knew this was coming, but I know nothing about what it's supposed nothing, to be about. Nothing, not a thing. So, um, the same writers and directors are on board. 
Um, I can't remember who was giving the interview. Um, there's been a lot of speculation that Elsa's going to get a girlfriend. Um, so they're saying they're not opposed to this idea, that um, they would actually be okay with it if Elsa had a girlfriend. Um, so we're it's going to be more of an exploration of Elsa and um, the last two shorts have been, you know, kind of the fun that she's having being out. Um, so it's going to be. Oh, wait, that's already been an that. established thing. No, not like out, but like out as like. <laughs> oh, <laughs> right. After you know, she's going to have a girlfriend. No, <laughs> like out with like, her well, powers, Josh. That she's a lesbian. And in this one, they'll actually give her uh, a yeah. love interest. So, um, but she's out with her powers. So like people know ah. that she has, you know, these frozen abilities. Um, so now she can come out she can have fun. And the last two shorts were just amazing, hilarious. Um, the one with Olaf was just fantastic. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a great, I'm so excited about Frozen 2. It is my number two. Yeah, Frozen is the only movie other than Black Panther in at least, I'd say, 10 years, if not longer, that was still able to easily be found in theaters when the DVD came out. Yeah. And I know that because I, the first time I watched it, I went to the movie theater with someone who had not, I don't think I had seen it before either, but who hadn't seen it yet. And then I went right over to a friend's house who had bought it like two days before when it came out on DVD. Yeah. <laughs> and they were watching it there. So I watched it back to back in the course of like five hours. Well, they also brought it out in a sing-along version. So we also went back and saw it. I think we saw it three times in the theaters, twice regular and once as a sing-along. So wow. you that's when they put the words on the screen and mm -hmm. the entire theater erupts into song. And it is just spectacular. And we still play like <laughs> I play the music in the store, like where I work. And like it still gives me freaking chills. It's amazing. Um, and like Demi Lovato has her own version, which is fantastic too. Love you, Demi. Um, but yeah, this, I, the artwork in it is beautiful. I have the book. It's just a great story and it appeals to everybody. It's got a great storyline. So it's not just a princess story. I do love me some frozen. It did not make my top 10 though. It's okay. I, we can still be friends. I, I will be <laughs> the one to admit that I have never seen it. And the most I know about it's the joke from Deadpool 2 about uh, the song from Yentl. <laughs> Um, that, that, that is, I, I just never saw it. Um, so do you watch most of the other like Disney animated stuff or Pixar stuff, all that stuff? Some of it, like when it, so when it appeals to me, I'll watch it and okay. like Incredibles I watched, you know, like I, it, yeah. Cause I was going to say, if you've consumed all the other animated features, then you might as well give this one a shot too. But oh, if yeah, you're selective like, in what you're watching, then I don't know if it'll be for you or not. I, I I usually like I watch Toy Story, the Lego Movie. I really don't consider the, on, on the same wavelength. Um, but still, yeah, I wouldn't miss the Lego Movie. Um, th things like Moana, I, I enjoyed that. Um, but okay, well, you might yeah, Frozen might be more up your alley than you think. Then yeah, I just like I said, it's not that I would wouldn't be interested. I just haven't. Um, is the Fair best enough. way I would put it. 
I'm sure Paula can remedy that. I could um, act it out for you in interpretive <laughs> dance form if you need me to. Anything you need. I actually have that a say yes. I sounds just like we need to that. get together an audience for Paula's interpretive <laughs> dance version of Frozen. Yeah. Build, us, build, build some Lego sets and use that to <laughs> yeah. make like a stop motion puppet show. I have an oh. Elsa outfit. I have been Elsa. It's for a library. <laughs> so I did a nice thing. <laughs> nice. As Elsa. Is that the no, one it was totally selfish. I just wanted to be Elsa just for a day. <laughs> totally selfish. Have you worn that dress since? No, I have not. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> well, this is your excuse to put it yeah, on again then. With Interpretive an, yes, dance time. I will. I'll act it out for you if you need me to. <laughs> Um, all right. Anything else for Frozen Two? Nothing. All right. Uh, so my number two. I've been going back and forth probably this entire time we've been recording on my <laughs> one and two. So I'm I'm just gonna finally definitively just pick them. Uh, number two. I'm going Avengers. I figured that. Yeah i I had it written down first as my number one, but I I kept switching it. So I'm I'm. Finally, just going to let it ride with it number two. And I think, again, if I had seen a trailer for my number one, it would have easily just been at number one. But since there's nothing for it currently, it was, and we just got the trailer for Avengers. I've, I've been Even tossing and turning, but yeah. Give something. us a title. <laughs> Please. But at the same time, I'm like, I don't want to know. Like, just, I know when it's coming out, I will be there. Just show me nothing, and I will I will go. But as soon as they release anything, you're going to be all over it. I, you know, I, I would love to be as strong as Josh and stay completely away from everything until next December. But I know I am not that strong. I have to watch at least one trailer. Well, um, they'll probably, I mean, do you guys think they'll give away the, like you did last time for Last Jedi, do, will they give away the teaser first teaser in the title at uh the event you're going to in the spring well, i imagine we, we got last jedi before that did though didn't we we got to... wasn't it tweeted no. i feel like it was a yeah tweet. like i feel like we got last jedi as a title and uh, then yeah. we got the panel with the trailer right okay yeah. so so i yeah i would expect the first trailer when yeah paula when we're at uh chicago for celebration, yeah, that, that'll be your trailer right now. I'm so excited. Be ready to <laughs> wait in line overnight to see it first, and it's an amazing yeah. experience. Even like <laughs> being in there to see it first is amazing. Sleeping on a concrete floor was not quite as amazing. I'm here. Yeah, we have to plan. We have to plan accordingly for that. Mike and I did not plan accordingly <laughs> no. for that. I, I bought, like I bought like a chair to sleep in, and it broke halfway through the like, night. And then I inflatable was, was outfits bad. that you can just lay in. I did, Mike can attest to this. We've seen people just bring out like blow up inflatable rafts. Yeah, they, they had the whole <laughs> which deal. Which is the easiest thing to pack, yeah. and then you sleep on like an air That's mattress super basically smart. for the night. Yep. I'm here. And then yeah. JJ Abrams will show Pull up at midnight on you or 1 a.m., and everybody will wake up and ruin your night's sleep. <laughs> like, that that was ridiculous. They, because when that happened at Celebration and Ryan Johnson showed up that night, it was actually hilarious because we all knew something was happening. And we figured it was probably him, but we didn't know because he's so short and there was a crowd <laughs> around him and you couldn't see because Ryan Johnson, he's got to be what, five foot 
three, five foot four. Yeah, he's he's not. A he's tall a man. very short guy, and there's a giant crowd of people around. You can't. Ha- you have no idea who's there. He's Cruzian in stature. Yeah, <laughs> and, and it was it was late at night, and I'd like Brian went and waited in line to get an autograph. I just couldn't do it because I had nothing for him to sign. Anyways, like I, it would have been like my face. I got him to sign my badge. Does that still? Did it hold up? Yeah, as far as I know, I don't know where I put it to be honest, but uh, it's somewhere with the signature on it. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it was an awesome experience to be in that room, and you know, if you're lucky, you, you get a little celebrity host. I said that just that was mean. I, I said that wrong. You get a celebrity host. Um. Oh, a little celebrity. <laughs> yeah, I, I I get it now. Yeah, because Warwick Davis was the host. Yeah, I didn't I didn't mean <laughs> to say it that way. Um, but yeah, Warwick Davis as a host was great, and the the whole thing, the whole experience of them releasing that trailer was awesome. So, looking forward to that. Obviously, I think uh, uh, my my number one is Star Wars. I'm assuming Brian's number one is Star Wars, and Paul's. Yeah, Star we might Wars. as well just bring it all around. And so, so we know that Josh, you're number one. Well, I made the right decision. Star Wars, <laughs> and designated Endgame as my number one. <laughs> yeah, I think once you know, once we get to the the top of everyone's list, I feel like there's very little surprises. Zombieland Two was a little bit of a surprise, I think, but. I think that was more of a surprise just because I assumed Avengers was going to be there and it was not for Mike. But yeah, Josh, I I am not surprised that Star Wars did not make your top ten at all. Yeah, me neither. Did it, is, is it least honorable mentions? Yeah, I mean, it's on the calendar. <laughs> you know, it, it, I haven't... I mean, even to some degree, I mean, Solo was watchable. You know, they'd had it had redeeming qualities. Like, there's nothing about these that I don't like. It's just that if they're there, I'll watch them. Okay. Yeah. This hurts. All right, fair this enough. Hurts. <laughs> I'm in a little bit of pain get right used now. To it, Paula. This is this is what we get all the time okay. from him on these. <laughs> <laughs> it was okay. <laughs> um. All right. So, do we want to try to maybe quickly try to go through honorable mentions for everybody? What didn't make the cut oh barely for your lists? All right, so of things that were mentioned, I have two. I have two honorable mentions that did not get discussed. I have a list of a lot of honorable mentions, but mm-hmm. only two of them did not get discussed. Uh, the first one is Dumbo. Um, I'm shocked that was not on Paula's list. Actually, uh, yeah, uh, not a reasons. Dumbo fan. I can go into those reasons if you'd like. I no, it, it's okay. I'm just mentioning it. I'm I'm surprised it didn't make anybody's list, but Dumbo. It, it looks like it's gonna be cool. Um, looks like it's gonna be fun. Um, and the other one I didn't think anybody would have, and it there's not enough information about it as of yet for it to have been in consideration for the number ten slot over Three from Hell. Uh, the title of this movie is The Man Who Killed Hitler. And then the Bigfoot. I've seen this, and it. Lo- and I want it now. Yes, exactly. This is Sam Elliott. Yes, who is? He's playing a war hero, who is then tasked with hunting down Bigfoot. 
<laughs> um, and with the title of The Man Who Killed Hitler and then The Bigfoot, how can you not want to watch this movie? <laughs> um, like, just right there, you have my attention. Like, I'm probably going to check this out just to see what the fuck's going on here, because <laughs> I gotta know. Like, right, and it, then you put I, Sam Elliott in it, and you're like, oh, okay, this actually kind of has maybe some legitimacy. Yeah, you give it a real actor, not like... Ian Ziering, since we mentioned that <laughs> earlier. Because with a title like that, that's about what you would expect as a Sharknado star. Um, so, yeah. Th- those would be the two that did not get mentioned that I'm still really looking forward to the most, per se. Once we see more about that second one, we'll see just how much. Nice. Um... I guess we'll go on to Josh, honorable mentions. Um, a couple that I just know like are on the calendar. I don't know if I per se would call them honorable mentions or not, but they have my interest. Um, Escape Room, uh, a movie called Chaos Walking, Captive State. Um, what else? Um. Oh, so I thought this actually was an interesting dynamic. So, apparently, I think, sometime in August, we're getting a third installment in the Something Has Fallen series. Oh, the first yeah, yeah, being yeah. Olympus, the second being London. Uh, Angel, Angel Has, has fallen. fallen. Yeah, and it's just interesting because I think the year... Was it 2016 that London Has Fallen was coming out? That was on the top 10 for several of us for Anticipated. Because Olympus was so fucking yeah, good. And yeah, I, I, I still didn't think London was that bad, but Olympus definitely had an edge over it. Um, London, I think, I don't know if it, it took, like being confined in the White House for an action movie was so brilliant yeah. and they did it so well yeah. that I don't know if London like sort of globe charting around, not globe charting, but moving outside around the city maybe took some away from the isolation. Yeah. It, it, the, I think they so, needed to be more creative with the filmmaking when they were in closed quarters. Right. So this one angel has fallen. It's supposed to be the same type of plot, but confined to air force one. Yeah. So that could bring it back around. Maybe. It could. Um, but yeah, just kind of pointing out that like it didn't really register for any of us this time around. Uh, as compared I noticed to it, one. but it was like, yeah, I, I, again, if I saw a trailer or something for that, it was a little bit more fresh in my mind. I think would have mm-hmm. helped, but going in blind, I need, I need a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, the last couple I would say, um, there is a some kind of animated Adams Family movie being uh released in hmm. around Halloween time I think I don't know if it's completely like stop motion um it it looks like it's somewhat we'll call it Tim Burton-esque in style mm. um but uh hey I'm into the into I Halloween was... and horror gothic and and Adam's family is always fun so if it's kind of trying to bring around like even if it's like kid friendly it's like a PG version or something but it's just weird then yeah. hey, I'm all I'm down for that. When when I first saw that and I saw the casting, I was so depressed when I seen that it was going to not be a live action movie. Because oh, because you wanted them it, to be the real people. Yes, exactly. For the ones like, that they so selected. It, it, if you're not aware, Brian Paula, it, 
uh, Oscar Isaac was cast as Gomez. Ooh. Uh, Charlize Theron was cast as Morticia. Uh, Chloe Grace Moritz as Wednesday. Nick Kroll as Uncle Fester. <laughs> uh, and I'm just like, and Bette Midler's cast as Grandmama. Um, and I'm just like, I wanted this to be a live action film. <laughs> and then it like, it crushed me when I seen that it was going to be animated. I was like, oh my god, just honestly, just for Oscar Isaac's turn as Gomez, it would be worth it. That would be. Yeah. Because he's so perfect to be Gomez. It's I didn't even think of it before that I seen that. And now that I see it, I'm like, why is it got to be animated? Um, so, unfortunately, it's animated. But the animation still looks like it could be fun. Like Josh said. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Live action, that makes my top ten, though. <laughs> Just gonna put that out there. That's all I got. Uh, okay. Uh, Paula, any honorable mentions? Yeah, so Dumbo, kind of torn. Um, it's Tim Burton, but it's also going to rip my heart out and stomp on it. <laughs> so a little uh, CGI elephant with a clown face. Yeah, I couldn't even make it through the preview. Um, <laughs> really want to see it, but it's going to rip me in half. Um, we talked about How to Train Your Dragon 3. Um, Death on the Nile. So... Um, yeah, um, an Agatha Christie uh, story. Kenneth Branagh is back, but he's also got Gal Gadot in this one. So I loved Murder on the Orient Express. I've read I uh, probably every Agatha Christie book, so I'm very excited about Death on the Nile. I, It's not something that, you know, I don't need to catch the first week, so I don't think it's, you know, bound for my top ten, but I definitely i am going yeah. to see it. Um, Josh and I were actually just talking about that one before we started recording. Yeah. Um, so the, uh, the last one I have is Rocket Man and, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So kind of Bohemian Rhapsody-esque. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I love me some Taron Edgerton. Yeah. I don't know much about him. I've, I have never seen, um, Kingsman, so oh, okay. I don't know much about him, but, um, he's, he's great. I believe in Kingsman. he's yeah, in he that, the, um, Elton John commercial that just came out. The Elton John commercial was amazing. It was like a Christmas commercial. Hmm. Um, I, I'll find it and tag you on it. It was really, really nice. But he's in that, and he. I was. I've watched this commercial a couple of times, and then to find out that it's going to be actually be a movie, I was like, "This is amazing." Yeah. So that is. Um, well, the fun part of that is Elton John has a cameo in Kingsman Two. Oh, more than mm-hmm. a cameo, yeah. Well, yeah. A small, a small extended part. cameo. Yeah. I, with Rocketman, I was really surprised to see Taron Edgerton cast. It, 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 I'm interested to see how it goes. Because I don't feel like he, whereas like Rami Malek with Bohemian Rhapsody, he looked the part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't feel like Taron Edgerton has at all that look of Elton John. Okay. In, like in the previews that I've seen of it. I, I don't. don't f- I still don't feel like he looks like Elton John in it, but that doesn't mean it's not going to work. Yeah, and I mean, other than yeah. grabbing like an up and coming actor, I don't know who else who has some heat right now and who's established like that would fit the part. No one strongly quickly comes to mind. That's young enough. I'm not sure, but like instantly, my mind went to James McAvoy. But mm, maybe given the given the right. Makeup department, maybe. Yeah. 
I just I feel like he could play it, but at the same time, I don't know that he's young enough for what they're looking for. Mm-hmm. Well, it, uh, fun fact: the director that was brought in to finish shooting Bohemian Rhapsody after Brian Singer disappeared and then got fired. <laughs> um, even though, so I read up on this, like because he had technically shot so much of the used end product he still got the sole director credit mm-hmm. on Bohemian he Rhapsody. Um, he did. But the guy who they brought in to finish filming that movie is the person who is directing Rocketman. Hmm. Oh, that makes sense. Cool. Um, Alright, so we'll move on to mine. We, I mentioned a couple that just missed the cut. Alita Battle Angel was on my list last year. Other better stuff this year, I feel like, pushed it out. Uh, Lego Movie 2, John Wick 3. Um, one for me that I had to look at to make sure it was still scheduled to come out this year is the next Men in Black movie. Oh, oh really? It? it still oh, yeah. is? Couldn't tell if that was solid or not. I yeah. uh, There's no trailer. There's no... IMDB is listing it as... I just looked it up. Uh, June. Hmm. And I think the tentative title is Men in Black International. So I'm just I I love that franchise with Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones. So I'm curious to see what they do with Hemsworth and uh, Tessa Thompson. Yeah, they might want to workshop that title a little more. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't know unless they're just unless it is some sort of globe trotting adventure. Oh I don't sure, know. but it's it's just it's a terrible title. Yeah. yeah. Well, got to separate it somehow, I guess. So yeah, I'm curious to see where they go with that. There was two other movies that I just in this in my searching I thought sounded different, not different, but I don't know. They caught my attention. I don't know if they're going to be any good, but I just want to bring them up. The first one comes out in March, and it's called The Beach Bum. Oh yeah, that's the only tagline for it. Is says a rebellious stoner named Moon Dog lives life by his own rules. It sounds just like which me. Moon Dog is it's Matthew McConaughey. McConaughey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he looks like such a douche in this picture. <laughs> it's listed as a comedy. Um, he is in the movie Snoop Dogg, Isla Fisher, Martin Lawrence, Zac Efron, Jonah Hill. So I just kind of want to see what that turns out to be. Oh, and Jimmy Buffett as himself. Is he? I missed <laughs> that. Yes. He was just walking along the beach one day. <laughs> and they just shot him and they got him to sign a piece of paper. That was all. Uh, and then the other one that I came across is called Boss Level, which is a retired Special Forces officer is trapped in a never-ending time loop on the day of his death. See that directed that, but... by Joe Carnahan. Oh, okay. Starring Mel Gibson, Michelle Yeoh, Naomi Watts, Frank Grillo, Ken Jeong. See, but to me, that almost depending on the mood of it, like that sounds like Happy Death Day to me. It sounds or Groundhog Day, you know. See, I got a, I got a, uh, the, um, Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah, type of vibe th- that's what me. I was going to say is Edge of Tomorrow. Okay. okay. But it's sci fi action thriller. That's due in August. I really want to see a trailer for this and see what this looks like. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Like it, it, with a title like Boss Level, like I could almost feel like it's got a video game vibe to it. Could be. That would be awesome. You know what? It, like being reborn all the time. Maybe he lives in a video game and somebody pops a quarter right. in. <laughs> you know, like, reborn! Fight yeah, him again! so Bye. I'm hoping there's some weird kind of kind of 
catch to it or twist or something like that. But not a lot to go on, but enough that I am a little bit interested. I hear that. But yeah, that's where that's where my list ends. Um, any other final thoughts, or we can wrap it up three hours later. <laughs> Much to look forward to in the upcoming year. Yeah, this was the hardest list I've had to make yet. <laughs> this year coming up is huge and chock full of awesome movies. So it's like I never, yeah. I never realize how much is coming up in the given year until we sit down to make this list, and then I'm like, shit. Yeah, I'm looking forward to spending lots of time in the theater. I, <laughs> I can't wait. Yeah, it's it's my happy place. <laughs> yes. Um. All right. Well. I guess if you have enjoyed the show, please stop by iTunes, leave us a five-star rating and review. Be sure to share, subscribe, favorite the show. You can find us on Facebook, search Brygana Super Friends, or go to facebook.com slash Friends. You can send us questions, comments, topics, suggestions, any of that stuff there, or you can email us, Friends at gmail.com, or tweet us on Twitter, at BGSuperFriends. Uh, I am hopefully a little bit more uh, responsive on Twitter, so... That could be a good avenue, too, for anyone that wants to send us stuff. Tweet, tweet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I hope you guys had fun. Hope you got some nice ideas for what to look forward to in the next year. Paula, I think you have some homework to do. <laughs> totally. A little bit. And so so does Mike. He has to... <laughs> watch Frozen. To, he has to let it go. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, all right. So on behalf of Josh, Mike, Paula, and myself, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you guys next time.